gentlemen, this is the Superhero Monte, and you are listening to the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. Stay tuned for future stuff, man. Fuck! 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 Another episode of the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. I am Avenging Ben. And I'm Whole Milk Mike. Welcome again to the show. We have an amazing episode lined up for you guys tonight. We're going to talk Raw and SmackDown. We're going to talk Survivor Series. We're going to talk Futurist Now Wrestling. But before all of that, we are going to dabble in a new for- we're gonna foray into a new topic tonight. We're going to talk about UFC and mixed martial arts for the first time tonight. But as me and Mike are not experts in the subject... We have called in a very special guest to help us talk. Mike, would you introduce our guest? Fighting out of New York, New York, from Choked Out Radio, Jim Russell! What's going on? A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He said the thing. Damn, he said damn, the thing. <laughs> that was really good, man. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Happy to be here, guys. Happy to be here, guys. Glad to have you yep. on. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing excellent. As how's this uh, cold ass weather in New York been treating you? <laughs> one day it's cold, one day it's warm. Who knows? Who who knows, man? <laughs> oh my god. So have you been before we get we're gonna talk to you about so you're a you're a podcaster yourself, huh? Yes, I do. I have a podcast that I talk about wrestling. And MMA on a weekly basis. It's available on iTunes, available on Podomatic. It's a uh, choked out radio. Um, once in a blue, I'll do a live show. I haven't done it in a while. I'm busy with work, but yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at choked out radio, at Instagram at choked out radio, and you could like the choked out radio uh, Facebook page as well. Fantastic. Mm, great. So- so we've known you for – Mike has known you longer than I have, but I met you through – how I meet most of the people who come on the show. I've met you at house shows and indie shows. I've met you at uh, ICW, House of Glory. So um, are you going to be at uh, Futures Now this Friday? Maybe. I don't know. I'm on the fence. <laughs> well, it'll be great to see you there if you are. So how long have you been watching wrestling for and how long have you been watching uh, MMA and UFC for? MMA probably at least. Uh, 15, 16 years, even like before the Fertila brothers owned the uh, UFC, you know, they sold it to the WME group. Um, wrestling forever, man, since WrestleMania 3. So you're talking 87, almost 30 years. So very long time. <laughs> Seen the highs and lows of pro wrestling, gentlemen. Highs and lows. What was the lowest point for you? <laughs> 1995 was the worst year ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what, that, that's what Dungeon of Doom. Say. Come on. <laughs> Mantar. You don't, you don't. Trust me, I'm glad you guys missed that. Trust me. Yeah, that, I, I, I wasn't around to see that, but... Yeah, that was gonna... the year I was born, too. <laughs> I, I wasn't even... This is, I wasn't even... I was born in 97. I wasn't even a thought yet. <laughs> yeah, if you go on the network and you actually go back to 1995, like you, you won't believe half the shit that they put on TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Yet- in WCW, the Yeti. I, see, I saw Yeti. that... No, WWE had worse than the than the Yeti. Aldo Montoya, you know, when he was before Just Incredible, it was it was terrible. The gimmicks back then. Oh my. Yeah. 
there were a few good gimmicks. Like uh, I, I loved. Uh, funny enough, I was talking to uh, who was I talking to? I was actually watching a video that was listing the top ten, the top eight best wrestler themes from the Attitude Era, and one of them was Gangrel, like the vampire. That was pretty cool. That was cool. That was a little bit after. Yeah. That was 97, 98, 98, I think it was. When but. things were right. getting progressively better, when things were getting better from that slump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So we have a lot to talk tonight. So the main topic we're talking to you about is UFC 205 at Madison Square Garden, the first UFC show in, US, in, in, in uh, New York. So I just wanted to ask, how do you feel about UFC, mixed martial arts, finally making its way to the concrete jungle, to New York City? How do you feel about that? You know, I'm, I'm very surprised that, you know, for you know for the last, I would say, 10 years, the UFC has exploded in many of the other markets, whether it's in, you know, in Cali, whether it's in Brazil. And, and surprisingly, you know, for whatever reason, that the big one of the biggest fan base, the New York City fan base, you know, was untapped because of the... Because of politics, but I'm happy that once that guy was, you know, shoved aside, I'm glad, you know, Andrew Cuomo realized uh, the opportunity. And, and trust me, uh, I'm happy that MMA has finally returned uh, because, it, you know, if you don't, I don't know if you know the history, but back in the late or early 90s, I mean, inform before, us, tell us the history. All that. Yeah, it was in Buffalo and before there was eye gouging and all that. And that's why the sport was banned from New York. But I'm happy that we're past that. There's weight classes. Now there's women division and I'm just happy that it's that it's in New York and it broke records over 17 million at the gate um, close to about 20,000 people in attendance and I don't there's no pay-per-view buys yet but I'm pretty sure it shattered pay-per-view buys as well as well so very Damn. exciting very fantastic exciting. so what did you think of a UFC 205 overall overall I was very happy uh, because sometimes what happens is a, a lot of these cars like look at UFC 200 for example so hyped with Brock Lesnar, and you know what? To tell you the truth, it was really a good show. Uh, but 202 lived up to the hype with Connor and and Nate Diaz too, and this one definitely delivered. Uh, just on the Thompson Woodley alone is worth the price of admission, whether you paid six or seven hundred on StubHub, whether you paid a couple of thousand, whatever the case may be. I think regardless of the situation, it was definitely worth the price of admission just on the fight alone. Yeah. Um... By the way, I was just wondering, uh, do you think UFC is growing, or do you think it's, like, like you get the casual people that be like, oh, I watched, like, the one fight, but do you think, like, as a sport, do you think it's getting, like, getting higher, or it's, like, it's going to stay the way it is? I think it's, um, <laughs> I think it's very saturated in, in, in the U.S. I think it's, it's still, like, I mean, it's still opportunity to grow, of course, in New York, um, yeah. but I think. They got. They have to continue doing what they're doing overseas, like trying to expand in Brazil, trying to expand in, in overseas in Europe as well. So, I mean, they're doing it right. They're doing it there. They're doing the right thing right now. Mm. Like, is that where the money comes from from overseas? I think so. Uh, I, I think so. I, of course, the main source of revenue for them is the pay per view buys. You know, Dana yeah. White was talking at, uh, post the UFC. 205 talking, you know, he says, according to him and the people at WME, they have some big things planned in 2017. You know, can they fill a football stadium? Can they do a Jerry World in Arlington and Dallas? Maybe. If you put Connor and Ronda on the same card, maybe. But you know how it is in MMA. It's not like wrestling while you're guaranteed uh, a three or four hour spectacle. You could have all these super fights, but then they could end in 30 seconds. You know what I mean? So That's the very unpredictable thing about UFC. Yeah. 
Like, honestly, like, one of the first UFC fights I ever saw in full. Like, I went to, funny enough, like, people go to watch these live at the arena, like, at uh, Madison Square Garden. Some buy them on pay-per-view. I go and I, uh, I go to Buffalo Wild Wings and I watch them for free. Right. I go to, so if I'm, if I'm going to pay for one of these things, I'm going to probably pay for it in soda and chicken, probably. <laughs> buy, buy, a nice, buy a nice burger or something like that. But, yeah, one of the first <laughs> fights I watched was something that had uh, Kane Velasquez in it. Mm-hmm. And that fight was over in like a minute and 30 seconds. Like I was – the waiter had just showed up with like my soda or my water or something. I was just like – I barely blinked in that fight. It was just – Was that the one with uh, Brock? Uh, UFC 200, I think. Like that was not the first one I'd ever watched. I had watched – Oh, it. no. Oh, okay. But like uh, yeah, that is the fight, fight I'm talking about though. Like Kane Velasquez's fight ended pretty freaking quick. And I was like the waiter was coming over and was like, hey, do you, do you watch UFC? I was asking the waiter. And like I look at the TV and he's punching the fuck out of this dude. And I'm like, oh, shit. This, this, this just got fucking real. <laughs> exactly. Case in point, right there. You proved my point. You know, some fights is excellent, like Thompson and Woodley. Other fights are just, you know, they end quickly. That's just the nature of the beast. The some fights are game. some fights are unfortunately boring as fuck. Unfortunately, yeah. Like, yeah, like there was point, this fight, the, the Lesnar fight, the Lesnar Mark Hunt fight. You know, although I mean, it was it is a strategy, but all he did was he took him down and smothered him three rounds and and basically didn't allow him to get up. You know. Yeah, that like honestly, the whole spectacle of that event was just seeing. Brock Lesnar in a legitimate fight again, but right. once you get beyond that, it was just take down headlock, take down headlock, take down yeah. headlock. That's pretty much what it was for about five rounds, three rounds. I want to say minutes, three rounds, fifteen minutes, three rounds, and like it was cool to see Brock again, and it was cool to see him win despite the controversy. But yeah, yeah. like as far as like delivering a pure drag out fight, if for like my money's worth, I'm glad I didn't buy it on pay per view because it wasn't. It was satisfying in the sense I got to see him in a UFC octagon again, but it wasn't really satisfying from like, uh, like a, from like I hate to say this, but like wasn't satisfying from my wrestling sensibilities. If this was like a wrestling match, there would be more of a flow to things. There'd yeah. be more storytelling. There'd be more like there'd be more of like a payoff to it. But this is reality, and this is the reality of the situation. Brock would just pick him up and murder him. <laughs> exactly, and then don't forget, uh, leading to the UFC, you had the whole situation. With Johnny Bone Jones, how you know he was popped for, you know, whatever for the illegal substance uh, yeah. and substance, and he was pulled out the car last minute. Anderson Silva, so that kind of hurt the, the the card as well. Yeah, like honestly, Anderson Silva. I know that he's like a decorated veteran of like the business and like UFC MMA, but I gotta say the Silva Cormier fight was not very good. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> oh my god, it was literally just two. This is the boring fight. Oh yeah, actually enough. Sorry to like break the fourth wall for a second. I'm recording this in my uh, in my dorm room right now. And my roommate just called out to me. I love Anderson Silva. <laughs> He's from, and my roommate's from Brazil. My roommate's from Brazil. Brazil. That makes sense. It may, it may, my my friends say it makes sense that you're from Brazil and you know who Anderson Silva. <laughs> but back on topic, yeah. But like, I was gonna ask. Like that fight was not very good. That's the boring thing like outsiders think a ufc fight is when they think of a boring ufc fight just two dudes kind of flopped on top of each other for a few minutes that was boring but i gotta ask speaking of that i was talking about my sensibilities as a wrestling fan as a wwe fan as a pro wrestler oh you have sensibilities (sighs) fuck you (laughs) (laughs) fuck you now, literally, like, my taste as a wrestling fan, like, Mike's a wrestling fan, we're all wrestling fans here, but, like, do you yeah. feel as a wrestling fan, being a wrestling fan, like, 
hurts your view of UFC or does it enhance it? Because then you're allowed to appreciate people like Brock Lesnar, people like Bobby Lashley and Bellator, people like CM Punk, even though he got murdered. We'll talk about that in a bit. But do you feel being a wrestling fan like adds to the UFC experience or does be or vice versa? Do you feel being a UFC fan like makes wrestling look bad? Like do you feel being both at the same time can enhance one another, diminish the other? What do you think? Now, well, I look at it objectively, especially you now because you know, and when you're when you're watching an MMA fight, especially if you practice any of these martial arts, whether it's jujitsu or judo or boxing or muay thai, whatever, you understand that the first couple of seconds, the first couple of minutes, it's about feeling each other, you know, feeling the opponent out as far as is his, is his hands dropping, is his head down. So, so I understand that flow, that process of it. Uh, so I kind of see it uh, objectively compared to res- to a wrestling. Events in a wrestling event, you know, you're gonna have your great opening matches for the most part. You have a couple of uh, bathroom break matches, and then you have obviously the main attraction of the matches. So, I, I mean, I, I guess I see it differently because I, I somewhat practice uh, jujitsu. I've been off for two months, but <laughs> but with that being said, you know, I understand both both the MMA world or and also the the, the wrestling world as well. So, I guess my my answer is, I guess it depends. I guess I just look at it object. I look at it different. I guess. In other words, I gotcha. So, like, I gotta ask, um, what do you think? Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of uh, UFC 205, like, what did you think of? Uh, I, I mentioned CM Punk very briefly. What did you think of Mickey Gall just Oof. murdering, just murdering <laughs> CM Punk? And you know, like, I was a little. I, I wasn't surprised at the outcome, but I was just surprised at, uh, at uh, you know, I, I expected more from CM Punk. I guess you know, two years it took him to train, and I guess he went in there. He blitzed at Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall took advantage of that, and and eventually took him down, and 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 that was a fight. So I was disappointed in his, in his performance. What about you guys? Yeah, yeah. I was, like, di- honestly- I, I was disappointed. I was hyped for it when he first announced that he was signing with UFC. I was thinking, okay, he says he said in the past that he did uh, mixed martial arts training for wrestling. So I'm like, okay, let's see what he got. And then when he got in there, it was just like like one hit after another, and I was like, yeah. what? Holy shit! It. And then when his face, when you just see his face, he's like so depressed. And then that in that post match, post fight interview, he's just like, like this was great. Like you guys are awesome. And I'm like, that's okay. Yeah, he was crying. You know, yeah, he was yeah. he was really disappointed in his performance. It was it was kind of cool to hear him come out to cult of personality. That was pretty. That cool. was a good. That was that, that was, was really good. cool. But like I have to admit, I, I literally I that it, this was during the summer, if I recall correctly, two hundred three was during the summer, and like I was working the three to eleven shift at my job at the time, and literally I was walking home from work, and I was thinking to myself, if I walked upstairs to Buffalo Wild Wings right now, I have a I have a slim chance of catching that fight, but they don't let people in like who are under twenty one after after like ten o'clock, I believe, right. and so literally I just snuck past the guard, walked up the exit stairs sat down at a table that wasn't mine and caught the fight. And I was like, man, this fight's going to be awesome. And literally comes out to Cult of Personality. Everybody in the place loses it. Everybody's singing along with it. Like, runs at the dude like a fucking moron and dies <laughs> instantly. And I was like, wow, I am so glad I didn't pay my hard-earned money for this. Remember what you said earlier? I liked what you said before about, like, how UFC opponents for the first two or three minutes feel each other out, yes, circle each other. Cool. Like, touch gloves a little bit, try and see what their heads are at. Yeah, CM Punk did jack fuck none of that. He, uh, he, his strategy seemed to be the Mojo Raleigh effect. The, yeah. I'll run it, <laughs> I will run it. Just my stay hype. He just stay hyped. He stayed hyped and he, 
did not stay hyped. He ran at him and immediately died. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that also annoyed me, like, the aftermath of it was when they, like, leaked what they got paid. Like, I don't know if Ben knows about this, but it's like CM Punk got paid, like, like a few million and Mickey Gall got paid, like, like a hundred thousand. It was like a, it was like way. It was a yeah. Big if I'm difference. not mistaken, I'm not. No, no, I don't. I'm not in front of a. Well, I'm in front of a computer, but I'm not on the show. But I believe he got paid five hundred thousand compared to Mickey Gall. He only got paid thirty k, thirty thousand. Like it's so pay was so. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so it was something. It was something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like, do you think that's also a problem too in the UFC? Because Mar- uh, Hunt also complained about that too with the Brock Lesnar fight. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of pay inequality going on. You know, you have of course, it's all about what uh, marketing is all about. Promotion is all about just like in wrestling, putting butts in the seats and you know, yeah. the sexy names, the Rondas, the Connors, the Johnny Bone Jones are gonna get more money than I'm sorry, than the Mickey Galls of the world. You know, that's just yeah. the way the way it is. It was weird because they they had to go out. If I'm getting this correct. They had to go outside of the UFC and go searching for an opponent that would be on CM Punk's level, and they just picked Mickey Gall. Yeah, because you know, let's face it: when you're in, in the UFC, that's like the WWE version of mixed martial arts. You know, and they had to go to like they had to go to essentially the yeah, the, ring, had, of, yeah. the ring of Honor or like the Ring of Honor or like the NXT it, it, exactly of exactly. UFC in order to find Yeah, I'm, imagine his first fight, and they put him against like. A guy like George St. Pierre or Anderson Silva, like what the fuck, like right, like, exactly. Punk, like punk, you want that would be fair, man, for a guy. But who I'm just thinking to myself, like here's a kid nobody heard of. Like well, I'm saying, kid, this dude's older than I am, but I'm using this in like yeah, a relative. And sense. By the way, the age was like a really bad thing too, because if what was he like 38 when he stepped in the octagon? Yeah, that's pretty that's late, like all things considered. Yeah, if he if he, if he really loved the UFC, he should have. Stopped wrestling like in 2006 and pursued this. Uh, I got a question to you. You brought up a good a book. Uh, you brought up a good point. So remember when he was in his contract dispute in 2011? You know, yes. and he eventually fought Cena. Uh, that Money in the Bank, that famous one in Chicago, I believe. You think he should have yeah. left at that point? Oh God, yeah. He should have done like they should have done. If you watched What Culture, they should have done the full-on Summer of Punk. He should have gone to Ring of Honor. He should have gone to New Japan. He should have gone maybe to even UFC and competed there or something. He should have done anything but be in WWE for like a year or a year and a half. And he yeah, should have they should have done the full summer of punk then. Yeah, because I remember him cutting the promo. He was like, I'll go to Ring of Honor. I'll go to New Japan. Hell, I'll even put my title in the refrigerator. And he posted a picture of it. And then like a week later, he came back. It was like, really, dude? It was just like... I understand it wasn't his fault. It was the company's fault. They just didn't know right. how to utilize him. And that's what led him to go to the UFC. But back then, I didn't think UFC was an option for him. I just thought, oh, maybe he actually might go to New Japan right. or a Ring of Honor. Fuck TNA. No way he was going there. <laughs> Fuck TNA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, TNA has been getting better. Give him a break. Uh, outside of the wrestling business? Nope. You know what? <laughs> You just made the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just made the list. But yeah, finally we're going to talk about UFC 205. In your opinion, what do you, did you did you a did you think the show delivered? And b what do you think was the fight of the night? Absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know we you know I I compare it to 200 because that was supposed to be a milestone event and it wasn't. Uh, but 205 definitely delivered. Um, you know, top to bottom from the Misha Tate. Shock, shocking announcement of retirement to Conor McGregor. 
winning two, you know, for the first time, the first guy to hold two belts at the same time. I think it delivered top to bottom. Um, it was a great event. Um, they did a great job, Dana White. You know, Dana White, I think he spoke to the fighters beforehand. Hey, he said, hey, I did what I could as far as bells and whistles and promoting the UFC 205 as much as possible. But it's, it's now you guys. It's time for you guys to deliver. And for the most part, they did. Uh, everyone did a great job, um, especially Stephen Thompson and Tyrone Woodley. That was one hell of a fight. And I thought that, you know, I, I thought early in the year, Robbie Lawler and Carlos Condon, I believe, I thought that was fight of the year. And that was like January 2nd or 3rd. But this by, by far, it's, it competes with it. Probably could be better, depending on who you ask. So it delivered, in my opinion, for sure. Yeah, and also to, to elaborate on the Misha Tate thing, because last week on the show, I even asked Ben this. I'm like, would Misha Tate go to WWE, and could she make that transition? I mean, and he didn't have an answer for it. But I wanted to ask you, since you're the expert, would you think Misha Tate would make that transition to WWE, and do you think she would be successful? Do I think she will? I I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I think. I think WWE has their sights set on a Conor McGregor segment, and I know there was rumors about that. I know you guys read that, um, mm. and I think they probably want. Yeah, I remember seeing yep. something about that. <laughs> and I know eventually they want to bring in Ronda. Uh, I guess. Oh Ronda, yeah. Or yeah. mainstream. I don't know. I don't see Misha Tate in the WWE for some reason. I know, she'll do well. Don't get me wrong, but I see her. You know, on the pre-show for like UFC Fight Night or UFC two zero seven two zero eight. Just being an analyst on there, or or just being a UFC ambassador and promoting the brand that way. I mean, that's where I see. I don't see her uh, getting stepping into the squared circle. They say that's that's my opinion. Yeah, that isn't she is young so too? Like great. in her early thirties? Yeah, she's thirty years old. <laughs> I I don't know if she's it, single. Is but, it, uh, in your opinion, is it that kind of young <laughs> for them to retire? But uh, she's only thirty years old. You know, she has a whole life ahead of her, and I think uh, you know, I think she'll do well post her uh, personal post her fighting career. But I think I'll put my money on Connor coming in to the uh, WWE before her, though. She has a podcast, right? Yep. She has her own podcast. I forgot the name of it. The Misha uh, Tate Show, I think. Yeah, but she's very, you know, she'll do well post of her career. Yeah, because I remember reading a story like months ago that like there was like a house on fire and she ran in and got a kid out. And I was like, what the fuck is this woman doing? She was probably yeah. doing a jog and she just saved a kid from a burning building. Like, yep. okay. <laughs> Good for her, Gotta man. Gotta get like... my cardio, coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like we're talking about the full card. Like you said, the, the fight of the night was for you. Like you said that the fight of the night was Woodley, right? Yeah, Woodley Thompson by by far, by far. Like, like, what do you feel about that fight specifically? Made it fight of the night. The fact that it went the full five rounds. Was there any like highlighter moves specifically? Like, what put what pushed that fight specifically over the edge? Made it fight of the night for you. No, it, you know, A, that it went to five rounds, and B, um, you know, everyone, including Dana White, had the fight, you know, two, you know, two to two going to the final round, and there was no decisive uh, winner in the fifth round. Like, for me, a good fight, it, it, whether it's, you know, standing, or, you know, whether it's striking, or whether it's jiu-jitsu, it's just great transitions, or if it's standing, just great exchanges. You know, I don't, I don't like seeing just, uh, I, I don't mind the dirty boxing, but eventually, you know, it gets boring when you, when you, pull, when you pin someone against a cage for five, you know, you know, one round, two rounds, it gets boring. But but I, I like seeing nice exchanges. I like to see nice transitions transitions in jiu-jitsu. Um, stuffing it as far as uh, stuffing the uh, takedowns or, or, or sprawling takedowns. I like watching that stuff, and I thought I saw a lot of that stuff. You know, a good, that's, to me, that's what makes a good fight. That you're uh, really uh, standing uh, and striking you know, uh, when it comes to that. And, and it makes it exciting. 
Yeah, That's actually a really good point. I completely agree. Our DJ's mentioning he really liked the dragon headlock Thompson had on Woodley. <laughs> was that a highlight for you as well? That was a highlight. Loved it. Love it. <laughs> so what were what was another? So what did you think of the main event of the? We're talking about we're talking about Misha Tate. We're talking about the welterweight fight. What did you think of the main attraction match? The Light with the lightweight match, Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez, title for title, belt for belt, pound for pound. What did you think? What do you think of that fight? I thought, you know, I, I thought it was it, it was what it was. I thought it was okay. Um, you know, I expected a lot more from Eddie Alvarez. He was hyped from Philadelphia. He just come off an impressive win over RDA um, a couple of months ago. Rafael dos Anjos. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he was going to annihilate Eddie Alvarez, and I, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez pulled that off. I thought he was going to bring more to the table. I thought he was going to use more wrestling than he wanted. To, I don't know. It looks like he had a great game plan. It's like like Mike Tyson says. I think everyone has a game plan. But once they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Like, Attaboy. Catchphrase. But you know what I mean. <laughs> what, did you th- what do you think of, as a UFC fan, how, what are your thoughts on Conor McGregor as like a performer? Do you have, like, do you think he's like a cocky, smarmy douchebag? You, that's just too much for you. You don't like him. Do you like that he's a bit of a, you like that he's a bit of a smart ass, that he's a little bit of a character? Do you think that he has the talent to back up the claims he makes? What do you think of him, like, personally as a, and as a performer? I think, no, I, I like it. I, I, I like it. You know, I love the fact that he always, you know, is he over the top sometimes? Absolutely. Does he say a lot of crazy things? Absolutely. But, you know, like in wrestling, you know, what attracts you to some, you know, to a lot of the wrestlers? What, their personalities? Yeah, the, you know, the, of course, the, the actual in-ring performance. But apart from that, what else attracts you? you know, like their promos, what they say, their personalities. You know, why why do people like Rock or or Flair or Austin or, or Piper, you know, when they were, when they were alive? Why? Because of their personalities, because they injected their actual personalities into their characters. I mean, these people, I don't want to say they're like characters, but that's, that's kind of what they're doing. They're trying to sell you. The opportunity, for, you know, to to you to buy a ticket for whatever it is, four hundred, five hundred, one thousand to come into the arena to see him fight. So apart from his jujitsu, apart from his striking, you know, it's about his, the personalities of these fighters, and he has an excellent, outstanding personality. And the media loves him, the fans love him, and I think he's great for the sport. Yeah, uh, to me, Conor McGregor is kind of like the face of UFC. Is, it, yeah. is there somebody else that? you could consider that's kind of close to McGregor in popularity that we don't know about? No, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's the, the face that runs the place. That's gimmick infringement. That's I know, gimmick. it is, it is. <laughs> Basically, Conor McGregor is like the opposite of Cena. It's just that McGregor knows how to tell the truth and Cena just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Conor McGregor wears better suits. He does. I lo- and, I he lo- know- and he knows how to do that Vince Man walk. Holy shit, that's the funniest thing <laughs> when yeah. he does it. Oh my god, I've seen a gif of that everywhere. That's- I want to walk into work like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, yeah. don't worry, I've already done that oh, and I've yeah, got yelled at a bunch of times. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> As I was mentioning earlier, it, it was Silva for a few years. Then it was Johnny Jones. Now it's Conor McGregor. It was Ronda Rousey as well, but she's out the spotlight. Right. Yeah, he's a he's the guy right now. He's the he's the guy everyone wants to see. Do you think Brock Lesnar had like a similar face of UFC run, or was he just? Do you think he was just a spoke on the wheel in UFC? Or do you think he was the face of UFC for a little bit? Um, 
Yes and no. I don't. I don't think he was the guy. Uh, I just keep giving infringement all these all these uh, gimmicks. But I but I do think he was a, a great attraction, and I I, I think a yeah. lot of people were intrigued that a, a former WWE guy with a legitimate background as an NCAA you know wrestling champion came in there and, and won a heavyweight title in like in, in like his second or third fight. Um, you know they had their best numbers when he was on there, and, and I know Dana White was happy when he got the call. Um, when 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 he ever had that conversation with Brock Lesnar, it's just sad that after Brock Lesnar won, he got popped for the illegal substance, and I know he's fighting that in um, uh, with the USDA. And if he's found guilty, like totally guilty, I think he could be suspended for like two years. He'll be forty-one at that point. I, I kind of wanted to see Lesnar one more time in the octagon, and we may not see that, so it's kind of sad, actually. That is pretty sad. Like, uh, I have my issues with Brock Lesnar as, like, a person, uh, like, as as does anybody, but, like, as a performer, both in the octagon and in the squared circle, I think the guy is, is he's such a draw, man. Like, yeah. WWE, Mike, would you agree that WWE, as, like, a product, is way more entertaining with Brock Lesnar than without? If Brock Lesnar wasn't in WWE right now... God help us all. I like if they had, if, do you think if they hadn't done all that stuff with him back in 2014 and 2015, do you think like the product would be where it's at right now in terms of like quality and like diversity and like quality of matches? Well, yeah. Well, let's think about it for a second. Brock Lesnar didn't like to travel and he wasn't nice to people in, in the backstage area. And he went to try out for the fucking Minnesota Vikings and that yep. didn't work out for him. <laughs> didn't then, fucking end well. Yeah, and then he went over to New Japan and violated whatever non-compete clause was in his contract. And basically, in so many words, Brock Lesnar said, fuck you. And then he transitioned to UFC. And like that was the main reason I even started watching UFC, because of him. Right. I was like, wow, this is what he's doing right now? And then when I saw that, like I didn't even know about the tattoo on his chest either. I was like, what the fuck is that thing on his chest? <laughs> but, um... First time I saw that, I didn't think it was a sword. I thought it was something else. <laughs> a lot of people thought, think. A lot of people thought it was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> what? A lot of people like thought it was a dick. It looks like a giant throbbing cock, and when like he's sweating, <laughs> when like he's hyperventilating and sweating, that does not help it at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I don't know what to say. But I'll then, tell you um, what, though, Brock, Brock Lesnar. You know, you know, he's, whether you love him or hate him, he, the time he was there, he beat some like legitimate guys. Whether it's he eventually, you know, eventually lost to Frank Mir, uh, whether it's uh, Heath Herring, whether it's Shane Carwin, you know, he, uh, of of course, Randy Couture. He was old already, but still, but he beat some legitimate guys. You can't t you can't deny uh, the talent there. Um, yeah, the fights that he had with Frank Mir were really good. I watched this one fight, like, before UFC 200. This is a service UFC does that I really enjoy. They do. There is no UFC network. There's no WWE network equivalent for the UFC, I don't think. There but, is. Like, it's a fight pass. Oh, it's fight pass. But, like, that's not, like, but that isn't yeah. advertised, <laughs> like, as, there is no, it's, but it's not $9.99, right? It is $9.99. Oh, seriously? The good part about that is they have other... Um, this is where I want the WWE Network to go. They have other MMA organizations or like, like, uh, or like Bellator on there, Jiu-Jitsu on live cards on there as well. So I would I would love to have, to turn on the WWE Network and have like Evolve or Ring of Honor like pay per views, you know, live on there. Why not? You know, I think it'll, I think it'll add value to the to the uh, to the network. 
Our DJ has a question for you. Do you watch Glory Kickboxing? Mm, not really. I, I, once in a while, if I catch it, I'll watch it. But I watch Bellator more than I watch that. So. Yeah, I actually caught a Bellator fight a few weeks ago. I caught, like, a, I think, a Bobby Lashley fight, and that was pretty good, actually. Good. People. I never actually – I did not know Bobby Lashley was multitasking TNA <laughs> and uh, yeah. Bellator at the same time. Yeah. That's, the, that's the special privilege that he has. He's basically – and Brock Lesnar. Being racist here, he's the black Brock Lesnar. No, come on. When you look at him, it's just like, oh. Get over it, here! It, it's Brock Lesnar with a tan. <laughs> now I got a question for you. He wants to he wants to square off against Lesnar in the in the in MMA. Would you pay to see that, or would you see oh, that? Fuck yeah, I would pay. To oh see yeah, that. I would like to see that. I would pay. I would. I. I. I wouldn't. I'd pay all like the tea in Spain for that. I'd give up all the all the rice in China for that shit. <laughs> I think it'd be a great fight, actually. <laughs> it would be pretty sweet. Like it'd honestly, be interesting. It would be interesting. So like we're talking fully about like UFC two hundred five. So you feel it delivered where two hundred did not. Like it was the big banner show for twenty sixteen. Like it was the big. The UFC is here. It's breaking down doors it's taking names it's becoming legitimate you felt it succeeded at being like it do you feel it succeeded at being like the wrestlemania for the ufc world i think so i think it delivered a lot better uh, you know that was what 200 was supposed to do and it definitely did not deliver um i think 202 did more than anything else with uh with uh, mcgregor and and diaz too in that sense but uh yeah i think it delivered i think it i think it it, it uh, assured that MMA and the UFC is here and, and here to stay for a while. And as long as they have, you know, individuals like the Conor McGregor's of the world, the Stephen Thompson's of the world, the Tyrone Woodley's in the world, a match that we're not, we haven't even spoke about is Joanna Jacek against Carolina. I, I can't remember her last oh, name. God, I can't yeah. pronounce her last name. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's why I hesitated on asking. I want to ask you about though that fight because it was actually really great, man. But I like I don't want to butcher these ladies. Were incredible. They were athletic. They were amazing. But like their, their names are their names are incomprehensible gobbledygook. Badass so, number one and badass number two. There we go. I'll tell you what, we'll call them by their first names: Joanna and Carolina. Yeah. What did you think of the women's strawweight the strawweight fight? What did you think of that? It was it was great, and it, it was an awesome bout, and it showed that Joanna Jacek is, is legitimate. You know, uh, you know, she came in uh, from Poland. She you know she had her experience. She beat Carlos Barza. Uh, for the championship, who's a world-renowned wrestler, she beat Jessica Pene. She beat the hell out of Claudia Gadelha. Um, she's legit. I think she beat Valentina. I can't pronounce. That's another person I can't pronounce. But long story short, she's legit. And, and this is the first time that I've seen her get caught. I thought she was gonna lose a fight. I believe in the third or fourth round. Carolina caught her with some shots, and I think if the round didn't end, uh, if you would have gave her probably like five to ten more seconds, I think we could have seen a new strawweight champion. You think for sure? Really? I think so. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember, but or if you saw the fight, she had a she had a nice little mouse um, uh, under her eye, and, and and trust me, it was a it was a great fight. It was a, it was a great round and and great fight overall. You know, Joanna Jacek won, of course, in decision, and Carolina has nothing to be ashamed of. She she you know. No, that's one of the that's one of the best things about UFC though. I always like it when the minute after a fighter knock somebody out or, or, or submits them they'll run over to them and they'll just start hugging them like i'm sorry i had to do that but i had to win yep that's it. i always li- i always like the mutual respect that's like honestly what do you feel i wanted to ask you this before we talk about another ufc 205 moment we're kind of bouncing back between talking about the card and your opinions yep. about mixed martial arts 
like it's easy to sell pro wrestling to somebody because pro wrestling is basically a, a movie, a comic book, uh, mm-hmm. a video game, what have you. It's very easy to sell WWE to somebody if they like mm-hmm. comic books or movies or something like that. But if you had to like indoctrinate somebody into the world of UFC or, or mixed martial arts in general, but let's use U- UFC just as like a template here just because it's the WWE of mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the best way to like indoctrinate somebody into UFC, like convince them to watch it? Like, what what fight would you show them to like show them all the things that this sport can be? For me, that what I love about MMA and, and its evolution is the fact that you have these individuals that are experts, either in whether it's in judo, whether it's in, in jiu-jitsu, whether it's in boxing, muay thai, wrestling. And or or maybe or, or maybe an expert or a combination of all of them, and is it, and using all those tactics to go in in there in the in the in the cage or in the octagon, and try to you know defeat your opponent. And it's all about strategy. Like for example, um, you know Lesnar's a wrestler, so you know so you have to be careful with his you know with with his takedowns and be careful that he's gonna take you down and and dominate position. So what do you do? Theoretically, you try to keep the fight standing. You know, so Misha Tate, for example. She's a, you know, she's good in jujitsu, so you don't want to, um, you don't want to be on the ground with her. So what do you do? You try to keep the fight standing. So it's all, it's a lot, a strategy, a lot of strategy involved, and it makes martial arts. Um, that, and that's what I love about the sport. Um, and not, and you know, it may not be the case for the most part, but, but I, that's what I love about the sport. And if I was to show anyone one fight and say, hey, these are the two reasons why you should watch MMA. Um, the first fight that comes to mind is. Shogun Hua against Dan Henderson won. That was that was probably one of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. And then the second fight was the Ultimate Fighter season one finale, Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner. That fight, that fight, that that finale, that's or or that reality show really put the UFC on the map. And, and that that finale, I think, was one of the highest rated like finales ever. Uh, really put uh, the UFC on the map. Do you remember that at all? Did you watch it at all? Yeah, I remember, I remember seeing it back in the day. Um, also, to answer the question, I would honestly say, would you uh, consider um, showing people Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen? I think so, fight? yeah. I think so, especially the fight that, um, I don't remember if it was a first or second, or I don't remember that. Chael Sonnen had him beat uh, up until the fifth round, and then I don't yeah. know where he kept mission, and he wins the fight that way. To me, like, honestly, I'm new to UFC more so than either of you, but my experience is limited. But if I had to show, in my, if I had to show a wrestling fan a UFC fight to get them into it, just, I would show them something that would subvert their expectations, that would blow their minds right out of the gate. So don't laugh at me. I would show them Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez. Here's why. Not a fantastic fight, not a great fight by any stretch of the imagination, but you would never in your life, if somebody went from WWE who knew Brock Lesnar as this destructive force and then saw him destroyed, have his face busted open, got the shit kicked out of him, and someone else knocked him off his pedestal, take his title, yeah. I think that really shows just how unpredictable UFC can be. To see this built, badass motherfucker, Cain Velasquez, defeat the baddest man on the planet and take his title... That's the thing that would get somebody to say, wow, I should watch. If somebody as big and badass as Brock Lesnar can be taken down by that other dude, I got to watch more of this. I, I, I can see that. I can see that. I can definitely see that, especially, you know, especially with, you know, with Lesnar's uh, pedigree and then Cain Velasquez was coming in there and, and giving him like a reality 
checks with his feet. So like we're gonna we're gonna start whittling down before before we're gonna ask you some viewer questions, but before we do, the, we have one more fight on the UFC main card, the uh, Romero versus Weidman fight. That finish with that flying knee, Jesus Christ, that was his head was going off like a spigot. Oh my God, I, I can't believe I was like, wow, I can't I, I can't believe what I saw. You know, Romero has excellent wrestling. World-round wrestler, Olympic wrestler uh, from Cuba, and then you, we all know Chris Weidman um, from Long Island, you know, former middleweight champion. But but wow, you know, goes to show you the, the power uh, that Romero has, and and the the best part, uh, although that wasn't good for Weidman, the best part was after the fight, you know, the, the the smack talk be- begins already with Michael Bisping, which hey, uh, that's another guy that I love. I, like I said, personalities sell sell the fights for me, and I love his personality. He talks so much shit. Um, Michael Bisping, but you know he back, he's been backing it up lately. I gotta agree that that yeah. I like how the, wasn't who was standing like out of frame that he was like shouting at after he won the fight that he was flipping like who was flipping him off after the fight? Yeah, Michael Bisping was. Oh, that was Michael up, Bisping, right? And I was just like, are those two are those two gonna mix it up? Are those two gonna mix it up at some point? That again? Are those two going to, like, fight at some point? I think so. I think that was a t- title eliminator. So eventually down the line, we're going to see Yoel Romero against Michael Bisping for the middleweight championship, which Romero's no joke. But at the same time, Romero has been in some little controversies here and there uh, as far as questioning the TV. And also, I don't know if you heard about this Stoolgate fight a couple of fights ago, him against Tim Kennedy. He he stayed way past the, the minute uh, you know the sixty seconds you have to be in a stool. He, he stood for a couple extra seconds. The area was wet. He eventually, Tim Kennedy lost that fight. So he's been involved in a lot of controversy. But but you know I can't deny his wrestling though. But I'm looking forward to Romero versus Michael Bisping whenever the whenever it may be. So we have a couple of viewer questions from sure. uh, the General Admission Wrestling Podcast Facebook page. And we have uh, two questions here, actually. Yeah. And uh, one of them is UFC-related, and one of them is WWE-related. Got so, it. So, like, if you'd be happy to answer these, we I will bring these up right now and get you to them. Our first question comes from a friend of mine, actually, a friend of mine over at uh, Queens College, actually, a friend of mine named Zach Morrissey. He's a good friend. Shout out to Zach. And this is a WWE question he had for you, and he, sure. he asks, Zach asks, do you think that WWE like, is trying to bury SmackDown as a brand? Do you think WWE is trying to bury SmackDown? I don't, I don't think they're trying to bury SmackDown, but I don't think they realize that they have a great product. To me, I don't know about you guys, but I, I like SmackDown better than Raw. Maybe. Oh, absolutely. Maybe oh, yeah. Every, every, every week we talent. say it. But I love I, – I could sit through a two-hour uh, show with SmackDown and say, wow, that was a great show top to bottom. But when I watch Raw – you have all these convoluted segments, and it's like, what? What am I watching? You know. Don't so, talk. I, but I think sometimes they they always want to like give Raw the the benefit of the doubt. Come on, they gave them the 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 cruiserweight division. We'll see what happens on Sunday, um, with between Kendrick and Kalisto, right? I believe. Uh, uh-huh. We'll see. Yeah, but I think at times they. I don't want to say Barry, but I think they give Raw the benefit of the doubt. But I think what they should do is just they they. I mean, they got to do little trades here and there. But I think it's. I think it's okay right now for the brand split. They got to do a couple of trades here and there, and I think I think SmackDown will be good. I think they Smack- should definitely send. Uh, Mike has always been for weeks now on the show been saying they should send Gallows and Anderson over to SmackDown. Do you? Agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, what are they doing feeding with uh, Enzo and Amore? To me, they should have been champions already. I know New Day. Yep. Yeah. 
been champions for a while, but they should they should they should you know they should be the top. At the yeah, top. New Day is only the champions because they want to break Demolition's record. Yeah, yeah, I that's agree. The with o- you. That's the only reason. I agree. I agree. Once they surpass Demolition, I think they're gonna drop the belts. Yeah, and then um, I think they're gonna split New Day up. Who do you think is going to be the breakout member of New Day? Because I'm thinking it's going to be Big E Langston. Yeah, Big E. You think so? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, what they should have done, like, honestly, if they wanted to go the full, like, sort of Nation of Domination route with them, and, like, they wanted to, like, like, I'm not saying, like, in gimmick. I'm saying, like, in terms of, like, pun intended, but domination. They should have put the WWE Championship on Big E. They should have put the U.S. title on Xavier, and then they should have put the Intercontinental title on Kofi. That's what they should have done. Right, if they, if they, if they were to go that route, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who do you think is, like, the best member of New Day, actually? Because for me, it's been, it's for me consistently, it's always been Kofi. He's always been the, the real standout. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, I agree. Kofi's a standout, but I think I agree with, uh, I, I don't remember which one of you two said, I think Big E will break out you know, once they break up. I think That was me. It was he, has, he, has, he has that look, out. damn it. Hang on, wait, Mike, say that again. He has that look, damn it, <laughs> of being a big guy. He's a, he's a big guy. Oh, man. Because <laughs> I see when the New Day breaks up, Biggie's going to be off in the main event. Kofi is probably going to spend a little, couple more years in WWE, not at the main, at the, not at the top, but like mid-card status, and they're just going to put Xavier in the cruiserweight division if they want. Now I, I'm gonna flip, flip. I'm gonna flip the script. Uh, Devil's Advocate, um, whatnot. Now you know Kofi Kingston, very good worker. Like, why do you think he hasn't broken that main event feeling? You think? Honestly, like there have been. This is something that uh, <coughs> Randy like, wouldn't. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Here's the thing about that. Like, there's this guy I love on YouTube. He's stupid, called, stupid, stupid. There's this guy on YouTube called the Spoony One, and he did a vlog on like WWE Battleground or the Royal Rumble years ago. And he talked about Kofi Kingston. He said, and I'm quoting here, Kofi bugs the shit out of me because he is so good, but they are never going to do anything with him. Here's the mindset they had with Kofi Kingston back in like 20, 2009, 2010. Wow, he's really good. We should put a championship on him. Give him the Intercontinental Championship. Okay, wow. Let's have Randy Orton beat him a few times. Like that's the logic they had for him. And I'm like, and that just, and like for years, he was always that guy that you could put him in a match and he would deliver a three-star, a three four-star match on any show, but they never did anything with him. And I feel like that the yeah. gate to give him the WWE – there's a story in there to give him a, a championship run. You could tell that story and build it believably. But like the, the window where he would have been red hot to do it like closed a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. His highlight for a couple of years was uh... – how is he going to survive in the Royal Rumble? <laughs> that was the highlight of his career. Oh, my yeah. God. Every year, like, he must spend, like, like hours, like, on the road with, like, them coming up with new ideas about how to survive. <laughs> yeah, probably during, that, probably during that meeting when, like, Mr. Man and Triple H are in the room and they have the people that are going to be in the Rumble and they're all huddled up. Like, okay, we need to figure out how we're going to book this damn thing. Kofi! What the fuck can you do? <laughs> it's like, I could do a handstand. You're doing the handstand. Uh, it's like, I don't know if I could do Like, Kofi, what the fuck can you do? I could jump on a table. You're jumping on the table. Jump on the table, jump on the chair. 
tables. It, it was this year, right? That he that he was thrown onto the the rosebuds. Was it this no, that year? was that was two that years. Was, ago. That, that was in the horrible Royal Rumble. This year oh. he was on uh, Biggie's shoulders. Oh, okay, okay. And then um, he grabbed the fans popcorn instead of eating it. <laughs> oh and then God. like I think off camera he just got knocked off and it was just like really what a waste. Right. Oh my God, that was that was hilarious. But um, we have one more question here. Sure. About UFC, and I wanted to ask you this before we get too much into WWE. This is the final UFC question. It comes from my buddy Damon Chan on Facebook. He's again a member of the GAWP Facebook page. You can follow us on Facebook. And I met this guy at a Ring of Honor show. I met him at Best in the World 2015. This guy's awesome. And he asks, with Conor McGregor holding both the 145 and the and the 155 LB title after UFC 205, do you think he's going to defend both belts going forward? Or give up the 145 title belt as it's a well-known fact he hates the weight cut for that division. What do you think of Conor McGregor's plan for both belts going forward? Yeah, I thought the plan was he was eventually going to drop one and then and, and keep one, but we don't know within a white. We don't know what he wants to do. Um, but I, I think, in my opinion, he should drop one because it's unfair. Um, like for example, he fought uh, he fought Eddie Alvarez in 155. There could have been a much other better fights that he could, whether it's Frankie Edgar, whether it's you know wh- whoever it was, uh, whether it's um, uh, a couple of people come to mind. But at the same time, you know that whole division gets like shut down um, because he's fighting at 155. It's kind of a disservice, so to speak, to that whole featherweight division. Yeah. Um, to my opinion, I think he should just you know I don't want to say stripped, but definitely you know. He shouldn't, you know, give up the the featherweight or whichever whichever one you know he he feels, you know, better with. I think it's like you said, it's more of a drastic cut to one forty five. Maybe one fifty one fifty five is a little bit easier for him, but he should yeah. he should give up he should give up one of them. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, honestly, like a it's a disservice. A it would overwork him to, yeah. to like keep bouncing back and forth between both weight cuts, which would be a nightmare, especially even for an athlete like him. And second, like, what a disservice it would do to either division to be deprived of a championship for a little bit. So, exactly. Like, for example, if he defends a 145, right? Let's say at the next event, uh, where, 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 you know, whenever it may be, he'll train for what six to eight weeks. But then what? No, you know, who's defending the belt in the other division? You know, you're right. It's it's a total disservice, you know, for that division. Yeah. Who do you, who does who do you think is next for Conor McGregor? There, no, a it was a, a nice exchange between Woodley and McGregor. <laughs> would it be, I wouldn't be surprised if Dana White goes, okay, we're going to uh, do a welterweight title fight between Woodley and Connor. Would it be, wouldn't be surprised, but they're not going to go with that. I think the next fight uh, for Woodley is going to be Woodley Thompson too. He actually said that in the uh, press conference. They're going to do a, a rematch pretty, you know, pretty quickly. I don't know how quick, but pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. All right. So now since we've gotten all the UFC out of our system, thank you so much for being a good expert on all this stuff. Thank you so much for adding your insight. No problem. Uh, we're going to shift. Yeah, because if, cause, cause if me and Ben did, we'd be like, oh, Conor McGregor's the best. Let's talk about Raw. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. That, that's pretty much what it would be like. It was just like, was Brock Lesnar fighting? No, that was Toe Hundred. <laughs> remember when Punk lasted two minutes? <laughs> I remember. Remember, man? Remember that? I remember. remember. Yeah, that, yeah, that was our joke, too, because, like, during the whole week, they were like, "The Undertaker's coming back." Remember when he was on SmackDown? And I'm like, "I remember, I remember, I remember <laughs> the good old days." <laughs> but yeah, like, so we're shifting focus to, of course, the weird ass world of wrestling this week. WWE specifically, we're going to talk. It was weird. 
shit, it was weird. It was weird. We're talking Raw, SmackDown, and Survivor Series predictions. Jim, did you watch Raw and SmackDown this week? I I caught pieces of Raw because I was going back and forth with the Giants game. <laughs> Fair enough. We, we, we Let's go Giants. Um, and then uh, Tuesday, I caught pieces of, of, of SmackDown as well. I got to see Undertaker. We got to see the cutting edge. So it was, it was a great show. Actually, the ratings were good. Yeah, Definitely increased dramatically for SmackDown, which I'm happy about, of course. Which is a good thing. Like but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So we're gonna we'll fill in the blanks for you where you didn't watch, but Raw we're usually we usually go through like a more abridged version of Raw. If something wasn't worth worth talking about, we usually omit it. But usually we yeah. we just go to like the main like yeah. uh, part of the night. And uh, Mike, this was a big point of contention for you this week and last week. But like mean? Stephanie McMahon has been building these teams for for Survivor Series, and yet she's having the members of the team fight each other. Yeah, um, I understood that the dynamic too. Like, oh, the heels are gonna team with the baby faces, and like, this is a show like, oh, we're united. Like, these good people can work together, and I was like, I can understand it, but like, some of the matchups were like weird. It was like, you had in the opening match, it was Reigns and Owens, who are your top champions on Raw, against Cesaro and Sheamus. In theory, it sounds like a good match, but it's like when you watch it, it's like. Okay, who am I supposed to cheer for? Because yeah. I like Roman and I like Cesaro. It's like, I don't know. And then they kept cutting to that one fan in the fucking audience. Like, what was... <laughs> that oh, was Jesus another problem during Raw 2. They randomly jumped just random people in the audience. <laughs> oh, Jim, did you see one... this? Yeah. I did. I was like, why did they... I... Yeah, I know. It's it's like the weirdest booking. Like, <laughs> like, like The first cut was like the guy biting his nails, and then the next mm-hmm. cut is like him picking a booger. It was like, what the fuck, hammer guy? Like, <laughs> are you trying to bully this kid? <laughs> Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn messed up. <laughs> you beaver tooth looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, like the first match <laughs> of the night was Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Good match, but yeah. like, I like the storytelling. Yeah, I, like the I think the storytelling. I honestly like, despite what we might say about Monday Night Raw, the storytelling far and away is better than it was back in like 2013 or early 2014, something like that. Back to 2012. Fuck oh that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Holy shit! G- that was a bad year. Oh my god! I I, I remember like the little Jimmy, little oh. Jimmy storyline. Remember Jimmy. that one? Holy shit. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey, Big Jim. Remember Little Jimmy? I remember Little Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And that got R-Truth over. How? <laughs> how? I don't know how. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Speaking what? of fucking R-Truth, oh, my God. Who bugs you? Who, like, Jim, in terms of, like, we talked about, like, your taste in UFC, but your terms in terms of wrestling, your taste in terms of wrestling, who is your favorite on the card right now? And who is, like, the person you don't, you would not, you don't, don't want to see this person. You just hate them. Right let, now, let, let's start on Raw first. On, on Raw, okay. I thought you meant overall. Um, I, I to me the guy that's been most consistent has been Seth Rollins. You know, ever since coming back from injury, right? He's been he's been money yet. As he, hmm. I don't know, Bret Hart. You know, supposedly said how he's very high high risk, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck Bret Hart. Yeah, fuck Bret Hart. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I think he's been the most consistent. I don't know. I, I think he he delivers in the ring. No, you know, his match against Finn Balor was awesome. Too bad Finn Balor got injured. His matches against Kevin Owens, yeah. amazing. Um, I, I think he delivers. He's been he's their most consistent performer night in night out. I love watching Seth Rollins in the ring. Yeah. So who's your least favorite on the roster right now? 
<laughs> ooh, I don't know. I'm, I'm... Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Tell me some of your least favorites, and maybe I could. I could oh, like... Jesus. Uh, primetime players, respectively. Both. Fucking Both of them? Stand them. Both of them. Uh, uh, for me, Mojo. Shining stars as well. Uh, Mojo Raleigh. Okay. He's not on Raw, Ben. Who's on Raw that you just Raw. Like? Uh, who's on Raw that I don't like? Uh, Mojo see. Raleigh. Uh, can, I still, can I still pick Mojo Raleigh? <laughs> hey, Raw is in his last name. I'm going to tell, tell you who I don't like. It's not because I don't like him. It's just that they're missing someone. The Shining Stars. I think they're like the waste of a segment. But I think they need Carlito back, man, in order well, for... I was about to say, they're missing someone with an apple? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think because I, I remember they were reportedly wanted to sign him, but he was asking for like a shitload of money, and it yeah. was like, "The fuck did you do in those years?" That he... Remember his like last run in WWE? He did not give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "You know, he returned on Raw. He cut a promo on Cena. It was just like nobody likes you in that tone. Just like yeah. nobody likes you." I'm like, "Okay, I'll take an F you and then fuck off." Like. Like, stop wasting my time. My God. Like, I figured out, in terms of, like, somebody who I just cringe whenever I see them on Raw, it would have to be the Shining Stars, just because I... The gimmick Sorry, is... Sorry, Jim. They, <laughs> they want people to go to Puerto, Puerto Rico. Like, I've been to Puerto Rico. It's a lovely place. They're not doing a bad thing by sending people to Puerto Rico. This, <laughs> this is not a heel gimmick. <laughs> Basically, you're... Sending people away from their troubles, like. <laughs> I love how the fact they don't mention the bad parts of Puerto Rico too. Like, oh, like we have nice beaches, but people get murdered over there. We, we right. can't tell you that part. No, no, no. Need to leave that out. <laughs> but yeah, so like, did you mention who your least favorite was? Like you mentioned uh, the shining stars. I mentioned stars. shining stars, but I said because they're missing Cornito. So you know who they're missing? They're they're missing El Torito. I miss him. I'm missing him too. <laughs> I met him. You met him? Oh yeah, he was at uh, he was at ICW. He was at ICW. He no was. English at all. Really? I got an autograph from him. Really nice guy. Oh wow. Now he was sitting next to Mr. Hughes. <laughs> Jim, do you remember Mr. Hughes? I remember him from back in the day. I we know who he. I know who he was, but Ben was like, "Who the fuck is Mr. Hughes?" <laughs> <laughs> I was. My, Exactly. Literally, I turned to Mike. And I like tapped him on the shoulder, like I was a small child. I was like, "Mike, yes, Ben. Who the fuck is Mister Hughes?" And I was like, "He, he was like Triple H's manager for the length of a fart until yeah. China came in." Yeah. <laughs> for the length of a goddamn fart. Yes. Uh, there was another uh, heel versus like heel. But, oh yeah, can we talk about the Chris Jericho segment? Of course. Oh my God! So Chris Jericho is trying to get on the good side of his teammates. Yep. So, what's the one thing he knows that he loves? Scarves. Scarves. He has presents for Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. Get Roll- scarves. Yeah, Rollins opens his and he looks at it. He's like, "Are you, are you like shitting me right now?" And then Braun gets his and he looks at Jericho's white scarf. He's like, "I want that one." And at that point, I just died. <laughs> Because the visual of Braun Strowman wearing a scarf would have been fucking hilarious. But no, he ripped the scarf, and Jericho was like, yeah. You want to know what happens when you rip my scarf? 
You just made the list. You just made the list. Wrote his name on the list. <laughs> you just you the list, asshole. Ass. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Tattoos apparently now in his late forties, um, and now this this program with Kevin Owens, he's great. I think he, I think more people should be like him on the roster. He's always evolving, you know. Um, well, well, Sin Cara doesn't like him. No, he apparently <laughs> doesn't. Mister, <laughs> we call Mister Fuck You've off. You've been exiled, Sin Cara. Mister Fuck off. <laughs> we'll just talk about the UFC. Sin Cara, go to UFC if you have anger issues. <laughs> Fuck sake, go fight Conor McGregor. Exactly. <laughs> I would pay to see Sin Cara versus Conor McGregor. Because <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Sin Cara, the Cruiserweights had a meeting. Oh, Jesus. Because for some weird reason, they're worried about their future. Now, in storyline, if Kendrick loses right. that Survivor Series, they go to SmackDown. What's the problem? They go exactly. to... It, it's they're getting the same paychecks they get every week. It's like <gasps> it's like, oh, Kendrick loses, so you guys go to TNA. No. You're going to Tuesdays instead of Mondays. Right. And, and, like, and how if anything, you get to be on that other cruiserweight show on Tuesdays now. What's the issue? Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just and I, I I'm not I, I'm not keen on the idea of doing two oh five live because because honestly, that means they have to change the ring, they have to change the stage setup, like in the span of an hour. Right. And then you have to two, you have to film two more uh, hours of SmackDown, and then you have to film another hour for Talking Smack. It's like these guys are going to be exhausted on Tuesdays. My, I think like maybe like they'll have like half the roster doing stuff on SmackDown, and then half the roster doing stuff for two hundred five, and then alternated during weeks. Right. Like maybe this week you have Lindsay Dorado go one on one with Noam Dar on SmackDown, but then over on 205 you have Brian Kendrick going up against TJ Perkins. And maybe next week on SmackDown it's TJ Perkins versus uh, Rich Swan over on SmackDown. Maybe over on 205 it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, Rich Swan going one on one with uh, uh, fuck who else is on the roster? They've been doing such a bad oh, job. Drew Gulak or something. Tony Nese. Uh, Tozawa, maybe, because he's officially under a contract now, and they dropped his first name, and now it's just Tozawa. WWE hates first names. They got they rid do. of Adrian Neville. They got rid of uh, Antonio. Antonio Cesaro. Antonio Cesaro. Alexander Rusev. Just yep. Rusev. Um, there's probably another one, too. Like, Vince, I don't like first names that start with A, damn it. <laughs> I got a I got a question to ask you guys. Do you think they do you think they uh do you like the idea of two zero five the cruiserweight show? I like the idea. I mean, it's like they are Raw is doing no favors for these guys. They are coming out to fucking crickets. The right. only two people who have gotten actual pops are Rich Swan because he dances around. And that's an easy way to get a pop from anybody. Yeah. And the other guy was the only guy was Noam Darb, and that's just because they were in Scotland. Right. And maybe Brian Kendrick just because people remember him, but that's about it. It sure is. Yeah. It sure as fuck ain't Lindsay Dorado. Sure as fuck ain't Drew Gulak. Sure as fuck. Man, what's the plan? Yeah. Yeah, but it sure yeah. as fuck ain't Drew Gulak. It sure as fuck ain't Tony Nese. I love those guys, and it sure as fuck ain't TJ Perkins. That dude is coming out to crickets. Listen.
I love these guys. I really do. I like the theme. I, love I, I know. I know you guys. I love the classic. Today. Yeah, it's very it's retro. Classic, but, but it's it's. I love his music theme. It's fantastic. But he's coming out to crickets because he's terrible. He's terrible on the mic, and they're Smoke not doing weed it. Every day. Yeah, he sounds high half the time. And he's not. And the problem is, he's not connecting with the crowd. I hate he that he uses to, the dab. The dab is so old. Oh you know? my lord. Oh my. I kind of like the. I kind of like the dab. You do. I know, honestly, like it's. I, I like it. Then again, like I'm Jim, a, Jim, you're a sucker. For <laughs> I'm a sucker for what? You're a sucker for stupid shit. I swear. <laughs> okay, fuck you. First of all, eat a dick. Second of all, hey, hey, hey. First, hey. Of, point, first of point one, suck my dick. Second point, refer back to point one. <laughs> you, you like the you like the vaude villains just as much as I do, and they are the height of stupid bullshit. <laughs> oh, we'll, oh, we'll get to them. Oh well, boy. Oh Jim, we'll but, get um, to them. When it comes to two hundred five for me, I thought that what the point of the cruiserweights was they announced that they were going to be on Raw and NXT. Like now, apparently, they don't like what's happening on Raw, so it's like let's just give them their own show. And I'm like, I don't think they're ready to give them an, uh, their own show on the network. Wasn't the Cruiserweight Classic pretty much just their own show, more or less? Yeah, but... Right. I don't know. They're, they're pretty, they, they carried that for, what, like eight, nine weeks, and that was pretty good. Yeah. Then again, there was a tournament. There was, like, an ending in sight. So I can see the trepidation of, a, of like, a, one, a day out of the week, 52 days at 52 weeks out of the year, yearly show, if that is the plan going forward. Yeah, and I and I love the fact that our DJ wants to point out that first we talked about UFC 205 and now WWE 205. Hey, ain't that funny? Somebody yeah. woke the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> look, look who woke the fuck up. There it is. But yeah, like we're talking about the rest of Raw, and the next segment on it was, of course, New Day versus Jericho, Braun Strowman, and Seth Rollins. All six guys looked pretty good, but like it was just sort of what do you say about a match like this? It's just like yeah, it was put- just there. You ever have a match like that? It's not really good or bad. It's just kind of fucking there. (laughs) It's not a good match. It's not a bad match. It's just a match. (laughs) Speaking of just a match, we have Sami Zayn going one-on-one with the why the fuck are you still here wrestler of the year, in my opinion, Bo Dallas. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jim, Jim, let me ask you a question. Look, who's a wrestler who, for me, it's honestly a tie between Bo Dallas and Titus O'Neil. But who's a wrestler you look at on television? You're like, how the fuck much are they paying you that you're still here? Why are you still here? <laughs> it's between him, Titus, Darren Young, and believe it or not, I hate to say it, Curtis Axel. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> DJ, uh, round of applause. That was perfect. Yeah, man. Excellent. Really, why Curtis Axel? I don't know. I, I, I mean, they've, they've tried so many things with the guy. You know, he was a Hulkamaniac, but then he had to drop that because Hogan got fired. They try to be Mr. Perfect. They try to put him with Heyman. It just nothing has worked. Now, social outcast, that's out the window. And, you know, they just keep yeah. trying and nothing is stuck. It's true. Yeah, yeah, there was an idea I heard, like, a couple of years ago when he first debuted. It was like, um, like... Remember how Mr. Perfect had those vignettes of him like shooting a basketball half court, yep. like backwards, throwing 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 a hundred yard uh, pass on a football field, him like, hitting a golf club. 
Like, instead of doing that, you just have Curtis Axel doing that and just call him Mr. Imperfect. <laughs> just him just d- trying to do the same shit his father did, but just failing miserably. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, and when I heard that, I'm like, you know what? It's PG. It's entertaining. It's supposed to be, inter- air quote, entertaining. So what's the harm of just doing that? And then he... He doesn't have to win all his matches. He can just, like, fluke wins. Like, yeah. He, like, he fucks up a move and all, all of a sudden it just hurts the other guy and he just lays on top of him. It's just like, he just won a match. Right, right. Interesting. But yeah, like, we've talked about Sami Zayn and Bo Dallas. What, I've talked about this on weeks before on the show, but do you think WWE has big plans for Sami Zayn moving forward? Or is he just going to be, like, a mid-carder for another year? I don't know. Mm. I, I know he had a great feud of Kevin Owens. And it oh, like it was fantastic. That's one of the matches of the year for us. Them at Battleground was yeah. so friggin' good. And then I don't know what happened. Like, after his feud with uh, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens eventually, because of injury, won the Universal Championship. And then Sami Zayn, I don't know. I've mentioned this in the past on the show, but I'm thinking they're just having Sami kill a little time. Meanwhile, on the roster, either A, he's going to take the Intercontinental Championship. I'm definitely thinking he's taking the Intercontinental Championship this mm. Sunday. But, like, either he's going to win. I'm thinking, like, he wins the Intercontinental Championship, and either A, he goes on to feud with Owens for, like, some big unification match. Like, they do another Hogan Warrior where, like, they put both belts up. Right. Title for title. Yeah. Or my other thought being maybe Sammy is the one who wins the Rumble and he goes on to face Owens at Mania. Mm. Just for me, that's my idea. But like, what do you think, Mike? What do you think of they have plans for Sami Zayn moving forward? Well, I understand like you want to, because honestly, before like the draft even was like announced, well, when it was announced, I was thinking, okay, they kind of need to separate them two because like for like three months straight they were just going at each other. It's like okay, yeah. like you don't want to like like pound it into the ground and be like these two hate each other. These two wrestled all over the world and they fucking hate each other. Like, nah, fuck, stop. It was like, let Sammy go to SmackDown or Kevin go to Raw and just have them, like, do their own thing for a while. And then if you want to do an interpromotional match for WrestleMania, that's the match you do. But um, Sammy Zayn wasn't in the clear this week because on Twitter, he, like, said something to the effect of, like, Donald Trump becoming president is like Germany taking over the world. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's not, well, I don't want to get political on the show, but he's not no, but wrong. It's like, in a company in WWE, what, what's going through your mind when you do that? Like, And then he pulled the whole tweet and delete bullshit, like, which I hate. But it's like, don't make stupid comments, because... Like, Learn from I, Joey Styles. Learn from him. Don't say stupid shit you can't take back. Yeah, and, and it's We're there forever. Everyone saw it. And people were just bashing him. It was like, are you stupid? Like, you're from Canada. You're not even from here. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> damn. But like, I think, I think uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think um, I agree with Ben uh, that uh, the Sami Zayn is going to win the belt on Sunday. That's a Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of, speaking of this Sunday, we're going to do Survivor Series predictions in just a little bit, but... They had the big face-off between Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Jim, I have a question for you. You have been watching wrestling probably longer than me and Mike have, correct? Correct. Okay. Were, were, did, were you able to watch Goldberg back when he was in WCW? 
Yeah, I, I thought it was did very you, exciting. Did uh, you watch? Like, did you watch Brock Lesnar during his first run in WWE? Yes, of course. So this match appeals to you, the person who watched Goldberg and watched Brock Lesnar. Okay. Watch, watch. He turns around and goes, "No." <laughs> it does. It does. No. <laughs> it did, does. did you see their first match at WrestleMania? I was there at WrestleMania. Oh, you were there? Wow. Yeah. Okay, no, tell us feel, the story. I feel, I feel sorry for you. Oh, did, no, tell us the story about this. I want tell the story of what was the atmosphere like in that in that building that night when neither of these guys was getting any contact. What was it you like know, that? That was the beginning of uh, well, not the beginning, but you know, everyone knows. You know, dirt sheets and the internet, and we we all knew that Lesnar was leaving. Yeah, we all knew Goldberg was leaving as well. So the crowd just totally, sh you know, for lack of a better word, you know, shitted on the entire match, and and we're we're booing and chanting all these things, um, and it, it didn't deliver. And you could tell in the ring it bothered both Lesnar and and Goldberg. It was probably one of the it, that was a match that definitely did not live to the hype, live up to the hype. The most yeah. o the most over person in that match was Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Yep. The highlight was getting uh, Lesnar getting stunned. <laughs> yeah. And and the best part was Stone Cold didn't even like last in WWE either. He like wasn't even on TV afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like like you boo Goldberg and you boo Lesnar, but you cheer Austin and like the next night on Raw like he doesn't show up. Exactly. It's like okay, I understand how you people work. Yep. So my friend, my friends was like, "All right, so if the match was sucked in 2004, what makes you think, you know, 12 years later, um, in 2016 is gonna be better?" I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's uh, to me, I've accepted that this is more of an attraction match at this point. You know, oh yeah, yeah, it's a complete attraction match. Right. Fantasy know. warfare come to life. I oh hate shut it. the fuck up with no. that <laughs> fantasy warfare, warfare come to life. <laughs> <laughs> It's not fantasy warfare if the fucking thing already happened before. Exactly. Like, just because people on Twitter were going, oh, I could play Goldberg in 2K17 again, and fucking Go and Lesnar's in there too. What would happen if these two faced off? It's like, like that's like a 10-year-old kid that's saying that. Us that are older, we go to that little kid like, fuck you, we saw that shit. We don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> We don't right. want. Sorry, little Billy, but no. <laughs> little little Billy, go fuck yourself. But you know what? For a final hype to this air quote fight, I liked it. Yeah. Goldberg has been an awesome promo ever since he came back. I don't know where he got this ability from. Yeah. Because his first run in WWE, all he could say was "You're next," and when he tried to talk, it was just like yeah. like bullshit after bullshit after bullshit, and then. Lesnar, oh my God! If you put a mic in his hand, he sounds like a little girl. So you and you, you don't know, know in, and, you, in, and you don't know what's coming out of his mouth too. I know, but in pre-tape segments, I love when they do like the fake UFC and when he's just sitting there talking smack about the wrestler, like uh, like when he was talking about hey his wife and kid should not watch the match, whatever. I, I love that Lesnar. I guess it was a pre-taped, as opposed to being live. I don't know. I, yeah, I, that's what that's where Brock Lesnar excels in because if you put him in front of a live crowd with a mic. Yeah. It's like he's gonna say like I don't give a shit about your kids or like fuck you, Bill. It's like, yeah. like and like I'm gonna kill you, Taker. And it's like you don't understand. <laughs> like in that environment, it's like he he doesn't give a fuck, and you just tell on his yep. face. He can just say whatever the hell he wants. He can tell people in the audience to go kill themselves now, and they'll be like, okay, well, get up and just go to the concessions and be like, hey, you have a rope. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, oh, you suck. Yeah, I know, bad joke. 
And <laughs> but when he's like recorded, and best thing is when Heyman plays off it. Exactly. When when Lesnar says something, you just see Heyman's face, and he's just like hand over mouth, which is like, did he just really say that? Because it's like you know, Heyman's like sweating bullets. Yep. But it's like Heyman's line was like, like after Sunday, like your wife and your son are gonna be calling Brock Lesnar daddy. And oh, then, wow. Like, and then, like, Goldberg was kicking the scrawny... By the way, you have Goldberg, who's 50 years old, who's probably, like, 260. Yep. I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't know what this fucker weighs anymore. But you have Le- Lesnar, who weighs, like, 280. And yep. you have guys that are, like, 155 pounds. <laughs> Conor McGregor weight. And you're expecting them to keep these two apart? <laughs> and you just see, like, Goldberg ripped his shirt. He was kicking the shit And he hurt his shoulder. How did he hurt his shoulder? He hurt his shoulder? Because he's older than fucking dirt, man. (laughs) Yeah, Goldberg is like Goldberg's turning fifty and Lesnar is like thirty-seven. G O G O L D Berg. G old Berg. Emphasis on the old. (laughs) I'm surprised this chant hasn't happened yet, but you just drop the G and you just hear old Berg. (laughs) Old Berg. But no, we haven't got that. And like the whole point of these promos in the last few weeks is Heyman is just telling people, don't chant his name. Right. And the sheep in the crowd just start going Goldberg. And Heyman has, ever since he came back in 2013, 2014, he's been killing it on oh, yeah. the mic. Best promo in the Best company promo. by far. Every time, man. Just knocks out of the park every friggin' time. Do you guys, like Jim, guys, did you watch the my name is Paul Heyman documentary. Yes, it was good. It was it's good. so good, man. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm getting, I'm just getting my wing. I'm just sort of getting my my floaties when it comes to being like an interviewer and like a talker on a podcast. Like I, I still have my, I still have my training floaties on when it comes to that. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm willing to say it. I do. I'm still doing this. But like, what? What, still what, a, good. what a metaphor! I, well, I'm getting my floaties on. My floaties. Yeah, my turns on my floaties, I'm still like learning, but like when if I like I ever if I'm about to do like an interview, if I have to go do an interview like in the coming night, when like I always go back and I watch a little bit of that documentary. It always gets me in the right mood because I'm like, if this this guy had the right idea of how to like phrase questions and talk to people and phrase his voice, and I'm like, I love it every time he comes out because I'm always just like, when Paul Heyman talks, everybody listens. Yeah. The doc, the documentary, like our DJ's asking me, the documentary is called Hello, "Ladies and Gentlemen." My name is Paul Heyman, and it's on. It's, it's on the network. It's on the network, and it is excellent. It talks about his early days being a photographer at Madison Square Garden. Talks about him bullshitting his way into WWE, getting his press press, like being like being a mentee under Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. It's so fantastic. It talks about the ECW days, all that which shit. Are, which, are, which are his dark days. Which are his dark days, but like he also talks about like the money problems of ECW, all that stuff, and it's fantastic. But like back to the point, like yeah, every time Heyman talks, everybody listens, and like combining him and Brock Lesnar together is just a winning combination. Those two have been the best act for the past three years now. Yeah. By the way, to quote Brock Lesnar, who said on Stone Cold's podcast. Stone Cold's like, why did you bring him back? And Brock Lesnar, and I quote, the Jew needs to eat. <laughs> the Jew needs to <laughs> eat. I gotta, feed, I gotta feed the Jew. 
I like to think that Brock Lesnar hates people, but I I like to think that he genuinely no. What? <laughs> I'm saying sarcastically. No. No, Brock Lesnar hates people. This is historically documented. Fucker lives out in the middle of Saskatchewan in a fenced-off house in the snowy-ass woods, goes out and chops wood and fights bears. His only phone... Get over here! Is a land, his only phone is a landline a mile away from his house down the road. That's how he gets in contact with people. Fucker lives in Saskatchewan. No shit, he hates people. But I like to think that he has a soft spot for Paul Heyman. Like, if I snap and eat everybody... I want you to run away because I don't want to hurt you, what Brock Lesnar would say to Paul Heyman. Yeah, and because Paul Heyman technically is the one that like, helped him in his first run. Yep. Like, without Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar would have been fucked in his first run. Yeah. So would CM Punk. Without Paul Heyman, there would be no CM Punk. Yep. Well, CM Punk had that ability to, like, he could talk for himself. He really didn't need Paul Heyman. But, like, with Paul Heyman added to it, it helped for Punk to be a heel, but it's like when you, when for Brock Lesnar, he needs Heyman. He needs his mouth because Brock can't go out there and talk for 10 minutes about, oh, I'm going to beat up Goldberg and I want to be the champion. Like, he can't do that. Yeah, that, that doesn't fit him. So, like, but he doesn't have that ability anymore. He, he had it in 2003 when he was that monster, like, dick heel throwing Zach Gowan down the stairs. He had it. It's just that when he went to UFC, he... I don't know. He like after fights, he would be like, "I'm gonna go fuck my wife now. Fuck you." Yeah. It's, it's like, like it's like okay. I'm gonna go light and lay on my wife. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go drink a Coors Light. That's right, a Coors Light, because Bud Light won't pay me nothing, and I might even get on top yeah. of my wife tonight. Good yeah. night, everybody. And even yeah. recently, after his uh, fight with uh, Mark Hunt, like, like I'm just a boy from Minnesota. We just all need to get along and just stop fucking around. Yeah. It's like, like Brock for president, people. Brock for president. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we're moving on to the rest of Raw. Like, it was a, it was honestly sort of a blasé kind of show. Nothing really blew the doors off for me until the final segment of the night. Jim, did you see the final segment? I did. I did. That I saw. That was fun. It would fun. all be in agreement that this final segment with Raw and SmackDown staring each other down was pure fucking gold. Yeah, yeah it, it was great hype. Because, honestly, going into this pay-per-view, I really wasn't – I really didn't. I give a shit about any of the Survivor Series matches, to be honest. But, like, uh, Mick Foley and Stephanie are out there. They're talking about how Raw is going to dominate and Shane and Daniel Bryan, who are SmackDown people, by the way, and they get the loudest reaction on the show. Just want to point that point. Just point that out. It was it was such a treat to see, like, AJ Styles with his belt standing across from Kevin Owens and his belt. His yeah, belt looks like a fucking Jolly Rancher. <laughs> a, a fruit roll-up. A fruit yeah. roll-up. Jim, what do, you think, what do you think of the Universal title belt design? It's growing on me. I don't hate it as much as I did when I first saw it, but I'm still not a big... I wouldn't go out and buy a replica of it if I had the money. Well, what do you think of the yeah, design? I'm like, I'm like you when it comes to that. I um, It's growing on me a little bit. When, I, when, it first, when they first introduced it, when they first introduced the name, I was like, why? You know, to me, what they should have done, like what everyone else was talking for weeks and weeks... Should have just brought back the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. You know, it has has so much lineage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they should have brought that back. You? What do you think? Uh, uh, I-, I I like the idea of making a brand new belt, doing something brand new. But Universal Title doesn't have a good. Re- it should have been the WWE Universe Championship, just the Universe Championship, not the Universal Championship. Right. Uh, 
And like your idea, like I've heard people also saying when the new title was announced, it was like, oh, just bring back Big Gold. I'm like, Big Gold, yeah, you never, like, yeah, like, well, like, no. In my opinion, no, don't bring that back because you had fucking losers hold that belt. You had Jack Swagger, you had David Arquette. Don't forget that in WCW. Vince Russo held that belt. Vince Russo held it. (laughs) Yeah, but that's not even the. Yeah, the respectively, that's bad. But when he when he was introduced to WWE, like towards 2011, 2012, you had retards where that got Kali. Kali, Kali, Jack Swagger, Alberto Del Rio. Um, Ziggler's runs weren't very good. Yep. Rey Mysterio's <laughs> run was god awful. Rey Mysterio, but it's like when I when I see that belt, I just think of Ric Flair. I think of Goldberg. I think of Sting. I don't think of Jack fucking Swagger and the great Kali. Oh, but that's God. exactly why they should have kept it. They should have brought it back because <laughs> it has hey, so much, you know, gotta history. Ask, I got to ask, Mike, before we get to the rest of Raw and SmackDown, I get slight tangent for just speaking of Rey Mysterio. Did you see Aztec Warfare 3 last night? Uh, I saw the highlights earlier today. I didn't watch it live because I don't have El Rey Network. So that's a disadvantage. But um, I liked it. It was honestly, I liked Aztec Warfare 2 better, but 3, uh, I. <sighs> I like the stories that they played off. Rey Mysterio is the first person to defeat Matanza, and um, I don't. I don't like how it ended. I don't like that at all. What do you mean? I, I like. I loved the ending. I thought it was great. What, what like, problem? Yeah. Like right? I respect Sexy Star, but it's like, like of all the people she beat, it was Mil Muertes. Like really. I think that was the perfect choice. I mean, honestly, it, it should have been Johnny Mundo. In my he's opinion. probably he's probably going to cash in. Like his gift of the gods, pretty soon to win. Jim, do you watch Lucha Underground? No, I didn't. Even, I mean, I've watched pieces of it here and there, but no, I don't watch. It. I don't think I have the Ray Network either. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, me and Mike wholeheartedly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. remember Johnny Nitro? I remember. <laughs> I remember when Melina used to do splits. Oh yeah. The woman that the woman that launched a, a thousand people into puberty. <laughs> the woman that fucked Batista on on live television, and everybody just seemed to be okay with that. Okay with yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, that was normal. <laughs> yeah, if like you don't know, like the the one of their female wrestlers, Sexy Star, won the whole thing and won the Lucha Underground Heavyweight Championship, and it was a great moment. Technically, she is the first woman to ever hold a heavyweight championship. Wow. I don't um, know if if, I, if I'm right, unless like Triple A did it, but like in as I know it, Sexy Star is the first. Because if it wasn't going to be her, it was going to be China back in 1999. Yep. But yeah, it, like uh, as soon as like I'll, I'll probably link this on our page and the heel turn page if it ever gets posted. But go out and watch just the matches I would recommend most from Lucha Underground if you want to get started would probably be Drago versus Aerostar in their Best of Five series. That was fantastic. But if you want to watch one of the best matches in the entire company, two matches. Like, watch Prince Puma versus Mil Muertes from, from the first Ultima Lucha. That match is pure fucking gold. And also, you should probably watch Pentagon Jr. versus Vampiro at Ultima Lucha because that's one of the best hardcore matches in recent years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, since you mentioned um, Muertes and Puma, because like week a, a week ago, they had a crave, Grave Consequences, which is their name for a, con, a casket match. And it was... 
Prince Puma that lost, and apparently in storyline, he's gone from Lucha Underground, as I know it. So does that mean? Does it does does that NXT. mean he's coming to NXT? NXT? <laughs> I'm not sure. Like again, this is Lucha unless Underground. They get, unless they promote it promote his ass straight to the cruiserweights. The one thing I'm a little bit dubious about is they were building this storyline with Vampiro taking him under his wing. And when Prince Puma was being taken away in that coffin, it cuts to Vampiro and you see him smiling a little bit. And I'm thinking, they're doing, nah, you ain't getting one over on me. They're, they're planning something, I can tell. But again, pinning that one for the time being, I just wanted to briefly touch upon Aztec Warfare. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. But back to the subject at hand, the big main spot of Raw. The one part that was actually kind of weird for me, it was cool to see Bray Wyatt back in the ring with Braun Strowman, but the one part that bugged me was just like, you betrayed me, Braun. I made you who you are, and you betrayed me. Thank you, because that line, you betrayed me. Let's rewind. Draft day, Bray gets drafted to SmackDown, along with Eric Rowan, and Braun gets drafted to Raw. Where's the betrayal? (laughs) <laughs> I missed it, that part. <laughs> it, it was Stephanie's fault for taking Braun away from him. Bray should be cutting their promo on Stephanie. Be like, why did you take away one of my family members? But no, Bray Wyatt's a fucking idiot because they make him look like a goddamn idiot. But he's winning. He's winning for some weird-ass reason now. But um, I like the dynamic with that. Randy Orton facing off with Braun. I, I get it because of the heights. Randy's not is not decept he's deceptively tall. For the love of God, he's like six five. Oh God! Like AJ Styles is staring at his dick. <laughs> yeah, I said it because Jim on the on this show in the past, I've last couple of weeks, I want AJ versus Randy at Mania. What do you think of that idea? I think it'd be a great feud, um, AJ and Randy, but. It- there, I heard rumors of AJ Taker eventually too. If Taker fights one of just one bout, I, I, I heard that too. But if they are gonna do Styles and Taker, do it at the Rumble. You guys, there. do it at the Rumble because it's in Texas and that's where Undertaker was born. No. So it's like, and besides, it's just a meaningless championship match. The main draw is the Rumble. But, you, can, um, you can put whatever you want on the Royal Rumble. and it For fuck's sake, you can put James Ellsworth in the Alamo Dome against AJ Styles again. Uh, don't give don't any more fucking ideas because James Ellsworth is appearing on TV too much as it is. By the You're way, I want, James, I want James oh, Ellsworth in the Rumble. You want – he's going to – you know, you realize it's going to happen, right? He's going to be like number 30 and everybody's <laughs> going to think he's going to win it and then he just walks in. Everybody in the roster I know. murders him. I, I, Hits, I'm – yeah, that would probably be what they do. But like, in terms of like, in terms of that's pretty much it for Raw. But like overall, yep. what did you what did you think of Raw this week? Um, it okay, it, it didn't it didn't sell it for me. <laughs> there wasn't like honestly, there were really only two or three moments that I really kind of thought were any good and that the one was at the very very ending but it was cool right. but it, it wasn't worth three hours of television three hours is too friggin much yeah way too much yeah uh highlights for raw for me were just the two hype the, the final hype for the survivor series match with the guys and lesnar and goldberg but um 
when we get into prediction, because I'm I'm kind of torn because I don't know what's main eventing the male Survivor Series match or they're going to actually end it with Goldberg and Lesnar. It's going to be Goldberg and Lesnar. You know it's going to be Goldberg. Oh, Canada. Oh, Please boo the fuck out of both of them. Oh, Canada. Your marks are brave and true. But um, let's get into SmackDown because SmackDown was a weird-ass show. Oh, my God. Where to fucking start with SmackDown? Like, first of all, we start off with Dolph Ziggler. It's their 900th episode, by the way. SmackDown's 900th episode. And they start off with another Dolph Ziggler mismatch. No, less said the better. This, as always, yeah, was... Yeah, don't complain about that, because past three months, they've had good matches. And this was no exception. Wasn't I, I think it was actually a really good match. This, this was a fantastic match. Yeah. And then it was going along, it was going along... And, and, then then, we, and then and then we get to the finish. The, in the big after all this build up, after all this time, Dolph Ziggler saying he was going to win the championship and he was going to finally be legitimate on his second title defense. And yes, I am counting the one he had against. I'm counting the one he had against Kurt Hawkins. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck Kurt Hawkins. But like, yes. But like, we talking about this, and after all this build up. Maurice reverses the pinfall, Miz rolls him up, and wins the title. Yeah, because a woman has the strength to push two grown men, just flip them. Just flip them. Look at- I'm not denying that a lot of the rest, that a female wrestlers are probably built. I mean, Maurice probably pro- is probably in shape. She could probably bench a little bit, but... Yeah, but... Oh, my and, God. And, like, and she's probably... Is- He's probably not ridiculous. probably not strong enough to flip two grown ass men who take their take their protein supplements every goddamn day. Yeah, Jim, what do you think of what do you think of this? Miz taking back the belt so soon. And now we're getting uh, Miz I can't and stand Zane. the fact that the, the belt like a hot potato goes back and forth, back and forth. I think the Miz was due a nice little long run, but I, I see why they did it. But I I thought he was doing a long run. I was looking forward to. Ziggler, Zane, now we're going to see Miz and, and Zane. I'm sure that's going to be a good match, though. Miz, Miz, give that dude serious fucking credit. Since, he, he stepped up. He since WrestleMania, up. that dude has been stepping it up every single friggin' night. His match with Cesaro at Payback was great. His match with the, the Fatal 4-Way at, at Extreme Rules was fantastic. His match with Darren Young, eh, it was pretty. It was okay, but it was yeah. Pretty. I was about to say, if you said that was great, I was about to fuck. <laughs> up. I was just like, oh, that, that was match of the year. What what are you talking about? What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. match. Of the year. What match wasn't that good either. No, but like Darren Young missed. Eh, it was it was both of them were look okay in that match, but like yeah, the Apollo Cruz match, like Jim said, like, it was disappointing. Yeah. Just, I expected so much more from that. That match was like what nine minutes and it ended with a roll up. Yep. Yeah. The then Maurice match- pushed that too. Yeah, fuck that was. And then the Miz Ziggler feud, which was fucking fantastic. And then yeah, they were doing a great job building the IC belt this year. And I was like, and then they built this great. They reinvented Dolph Ziggler's career in a big fucking way. Finally, got that guy over with the fans again. That dude was cutting amazing fucking promos this entire time. Yeah. But I'm just but- like, I feel bad because I know for a fact that. If he's gonna keep going with the if they if the belt stays on SmackDown, they're gonna keep going with this. But if the belt's off SmackDown now, what are they gonna have for the Miz and Ziggler to do? Because I'm like, 
that was they were do, they that they were doing the Piper like they were doing Piper Flair. They were doing like this great feud, and I was like, "What's going to be left for them?" Because without that, they're the not WWE title. I guess so. I mean, they've definitely proved they can carry a feud, but I'm like, who do you put in that role? Do you put Dolph Ziggler in the championship picture? Do you put the Miz in there? Do do you trade one of them to Raw to chase the championship again? Because I'm like, I understand why WWE wants to change things up. In fact, that's one of the things I like about WWE right now, that they're getting weird and experiment. When WWE is in a ratings hole, they do lots of weird experimental shit, which I've always been a big fan of. Yeah. yeah. A lot of failures. But a lot of failures. But there's been some shit that's been shiny. Yeah, but like like last year when like Roman Reigns was like finally getting over with the fans near the Royal Rumble after TLC, and they had like a good a stretch of like three Raws with fantastic main events, which were awesome. Yeah. I was just like, but yeah, like when WWE gets desperate, they do a lot of weird shit, and this whole trading the IC belt and the cruiserweight belt is probably one of those examples, but I'm just like, I am so afraid of what's going to happen to Dolph Ziggler now that he's lost that belt because this was probably his last chance to do something cool, and now... Well, don't don't be like that because maybe, maybe The Miz wins. Because once The Miz won, I was thinking Daniel Bryan's going to come out and be like, oh, oh you think you're going to face Zayn by himself? Now it's going to be a triple threat with Ziggler, <laughs> you, and Zayn. I was thinking like, that, but like, no, the, the night just kept going on, and then they showed the graphic. I was like, they're... Re- like, I understand that they want a face versus heel dynamic, but, like, what's wrong with doing a face versus face dynamic for just one night? Yeah, that – what did you think, Jim? Did that seem a little off to you? Yeah, very very off, but I, I could see from a wrestling logic why, why the Miz won. It, it looks, at least to me on paper, that it looks like they're going to transition and give Zayn the title. I think he's going to be a transition champion. What, do, you, do you agree with us, like, Miz and Ziggler have – been like consistently entertaining this year. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, 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 you know, I usually I don't like the Miz, but, but I think uh, he's really stepped it up since WrestleMania 32 and afterwards. Yeah. A great, great couple of months, and I think his pairing with his wife Maurice has made his character. Yes, and, and yes. Thank, thank God she's back. It's much better. Oh my God, adding her to the equation has made things so much better, man. Yeah. Fuck her right in the pussy. Maurice, <laughs> Maurice was so hot on Tuesday in her outfit. That I practically saw her fucking vagina. Maurice is one of the most <laughs> gorgeous women in WWE, and they are they are making that girl d- d- look exactly right, man. Like TV is doing her like so many favors, just like the lighting, the camera, she, the power she, of makeup, the power of makeup. No, with or without makeup, that girl looks fantastic, man. Because damn, she she is like one of the best like heel valets right now in WWE. I love the stuff with like spraying perfume in the in the dude's eyes. I think that's so. Like classic, classic Rick Martel, man. Classic Rick Martel, right? I was wondering who, who. Can you explain to me actually who Rick Martel is? Because I had never seen the guy. Ooh, I know who Rick Martel is. That's nasty. Rick Martel, me with a story. Tell me. Eighties and nineties, and before that, he was he teamed up with uh, Tito Santana, Strike Force, in the eighties as well, and they were tag team champions. He was real good. He was real good, and eventually he was in WCW for a little bit and had to retire early because of injury, I believe. Yeah, uh, Rick Martel's best feud was against uh, Jake Roberts. Oh yeah, especially the blindfold match at WrestleMania Seven. It was so fake, but it, it oh was. My, oh fake. my god! <laughs> I forgot that they had a blind a, match. A blindfold match. Blindfold at, match. Yeah, at man. WrestleMania. Out of places. 
No wonder and nobody like no wonder nobody likes WrestleMania seven. And Ben, <laughs> and Ben, here was the storyline because I watched. Uh, I go. I I went back and watched like old stuff from time to time. The storyline was Rick Martel used to carry um, a perfume in a bottle. Like he used to spray people. He sprayed it in Jake Roberts' eye, and that caused him to to he can't see out of his like one of his eyes. So Jake requested a blindfold match so that the odds were even. Really? I, I shit you not. <laughs> Old school WWE is weird, man. The model versus the snake. I gotta go watch this. You should. You should. It's very. I mean, they make they make it seem like real. Like they're like trying to. But you could tell they could see through that stupid thing. Yeah. Tell you what, did Jim, I promise you, if we ever do like a, we're planning a throwback episode for Wrestling Society X. But if we ever do a throwback episode like dedicated to stupid moments from the Attitude Era, we are calling you in for no, that. No, no, this was Please. way before the Attitude Era. The stupid moments from WWE and WWF past. We are so calling you in for that. Yeah. We'll, de- we'll definitely put in something, but um, to keep going on SmackDown. Um, Callisto versus, of all people, Oni Lorcan from NXT, formerly people, known yeah, Bill Busick. Bill, Bill Busick. What was his name? Biff Busick? Biff Busick. Okay, I feel like I'm back to the future. And, like, we were thinking, oh, God, he's about to go job to Callisto to make him go look good for Sunday the- for Brian Kendrick. And out of nowhere, Oni Lorcan starts hitting this motherfucker with running, running European uppercuts. Yeah, and then came. What? And then Callisto botched. There's a problem with luchadors. They tend to botch every fucking thing they do. And Callisto tried to do like a springboard, uh, Hurricanrana off the ropes. He slipped. He fell. Everybody laughed. And then they had to end that match quick. Yeah, like like you knew, like you could tell they called an audible. It was like fucking pin me, you idiot. And like Vince McMahon over the thing, fucking in this shit now. You fucking idiot, Oni. What the fuck's an Oni anyway? What the fuck is an What the fuck's a Lorcan? Get the fuck out of here. But he looked really good. I hope they keep him. Yeah. But yeah, average little like again ended pretty quickly. But then we get to another weird set. This match. This was a total example of just SmackDown being fucking bizarre this week. They have a match between Nikki Bella and Carmella. Good stuff, average stuff. But then the Raw Divas invade SmackDown, and then the SmackDown Divas come down for a brawl. Here was the part that was weird to me. They're having this big – all of the Raw Divas Well, hold are, on. Hold on. Let's set it up first. Nikki, you set it up. Carm- Nikki and Carmella were having a, uh, uh, a, a match, a normal match, because they've been having problems for the past couple of months. Carmella is accusing her of sleeping her way to the top, which is kind of fucking true. And Carmella was doing the you can't see me thing. And then all of a sudden you see Charlotte walk down the aisle. Not like the ring aisle, but like in the audience. Because she bought a ticket. Because God damn it, she has money. <laughs> yep. So she bought a front row ticket next to a creepy old man who just couldn't stop staring at her tits. I, I swear to God, he just kept staring and staring and staring. And Nikki took offense to this. Not to the old man, but to Charlotte showing up. And then proceeds to hit her. Nikki Bella technically hit a fan. Really? If you get Charlotte paid her money, she got a ticket, and Nikki Bella hit a fan. Yeah, that was pretty fucked up. But then- and then comes the raw women, which is Sasha, Dana, Alicia, Naya, and... Bailey. 
Here's Billy, where things Billy get Billy is a baby face, and she was acting like a total bitch. She was attacking an innocent girl. Nikki Bella, who is a face right now, and Bailey is just really taking part in this beatdown. And I'm like, WWE, you fucked up. You fucked up. You stupid. That is, have her kicking the crap out of Carmella or something, one of the bad girls, or or Alicia, or Alexa Bliss or something like that. But wow, that was such a. What, what do you think of them? The booking of Bailey so far, Jim, because it's it hasn't been very good. It's been it's been real bizarre, you know. Bailey, I, I see here is like the female John Cena as far as being like a super baby face, and, and she's talented, you know. It, the ring on the mic has a look and all that. <laughs> yeah. They like, kind of bought it. I don't know. It has been pretty weird. Like, they haven't. Her, her, uh, her call up so far. I don't know. What do you guys think? They <laughs> haven't been booking her correctly so far. It isn't, they haven't been booking her right. Like, they've been booking her to lose too much. And I get it. She's supposed to be the scrappy yeah. underdog, but. She's the female version of Sami Zayn. Pretty much. Who loses yeah. all the time. And then gets that triumphant win like, just but if randomly. We, but, but if they lose too much, we, we'll, we won't take them seriously when it comes time to give them a championship. People would be like, oh, yay, we get to see the wacky inflatable, inflatable arm flailing two men. And then when she gets in the ring, she's like, oh, here we go. She loses. Yeah. Time to get popcorn. Yep. But um, that's not the only insane thing that happened during this. Oh, God. Is that, is that Carmella proceeded to join Team Raw for, like I said in the past, for the length of a fart <laughs> until Team Raw realized, wait a minute. And then they proceeded to beat the shit out of her, too. And then came Alexa, Becky, and Naomi. Now, it was good for Brawl. Not as good as the one on Raw with the guys. But, um... Still Naya, just, Naya was just standing in the corner doing nothing. All of a sudden, she realized, oh, shit, let me do something. And she just bulldozed and did Carmella. Uh, and Naya then, was- on the outside of the ring, Nia Jax runs full steam at one of first, the, into a barricade first. wall and demolishes this wall with her brute strength. Concussion City. Concussion City, I motherfucker. Know. Holy shit. Yeah, and Naomi did a, like, this took forever for her to do this, but she got on the top rope, on the, yeah, she got on the top rope and did a springboard off it, which looked impressive, and then you have Team SmackDown women just standing tall, and Carmella's just magically okay. She's like, yeah, I fucking hate you, Nikki, but yeah, let's go, let's go SmackDown. That was, that was fucking weird. Uh, I don't know. And when we get to our predictions... Uh, we'll give our thoughts for that. But yeah. speaking of, again, another tag team match, and here is where things get fucking weird. But hold on. Is, before, but before we get to the match, there was a segment. Backstage. Because you had the Hype Bros, American uh, Alpha, Brazongo, uh, Usos, mm. and Heath Slater and Rhino. And who's there to get them rallied up for Survivor Series? King Booker. Hey Jim, you remember Jim? You remember Kim King Booker? 
Jim, remember Ken King Booker? Booker? Big fan of him. He came out of nowhere, though. I guess he came for the 900th episode yeah, from was, behind the table. Yeah, because usually he's on the kickoff, but when exactly. he wasn't there, I was like, wait a minute. Is he taking a personal day? Like, what's, what's happening? And then when I saw him, I was like, oh, I get it. 900 episodes, so let's bring back old gimmicks. So I'm surprised. Booger T put the robe on, he put the crown on, and he was doing the accent. The boogeyman. They should have brought back the boogeyman. Oh, no, come on. Segments with boogeyman and Booger T don't go well. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> but um, the whole point was that Booger T was, like, he was rallying up the troops. And then walks in Brazongo, who are now fashion police. That's the new gimmicks. Why? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't fuck not. And then they give him a citation for, I don't know, for, apparently they don't like robes. So. Oh my god! Yeah, and then Booker T calls them idiots and they need to straighten up if they want to win. Which is the whole, which is the point. Don't be idiots. Because this is, because also another thing that annoyed me the past few weeks is that this is the one time of the year when Raw and SmackDown can face each other. No, it's it like, isn't. Was this bragging rights all over again? Oh, Jesus Christ. No, that pay-per-view lasted the length of a fart. And, and, and that pay-per-view, those pay-per-views sucked. They sucked dick. I remember the second one they had. was like Undertaker and Kane and they buried a live match. Yeah, people want to see that. We don't want to see that shit. They put butts in the seats. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the, only thing, the only good thing to come out of bragging rights pay-per-views was that we had an amazing Dolph Ziggler Daniel Bryan match. Still one of my favorite matches. Yeah, but um, so King Booker rallied the troops, and they, guess what? They all fucked off because yep. they, they had to get ready for their what is this twelve sixteen man tag match? And that okay, it was not enough. So hype, it's, hype Bros, Usos, American Alpha, and Brazongo versus with Heath what I right on the outside versus what I like to call why the. F- Fuck are you here, team? Why the fuck are you here? We have in order. This say with me after I say all of these team names. Say why the fuck are you here, both of you? The Ascension. Why the fuck? The Headbangers. Why the fuck? The Spirit Squad. Why the fuck? And the Vaude Villains. I feel bad for you two. I feel bad for you two fuckers. Why the fuck are you here? Oh my god, we've talked about this at nauseum. Jim, do you feel as bad as we do for the Vaude villains? What do you I do, about very bad. They're very talented. <coughs> and I feel like we're being buried. Very buried. <laughs> Super buried right now. Because the old man don't get the gimmick, damn it. <laughs> Which is funny on so many levels. But, yep. Um, the whole, this match went too long. For a 16-man tag that meant nothing, it went on too long. Usos are right now heels, but in this match, they played baby faces. They were doing springboards. They were doing their fucking Uso chant, like, I bought that hitter by the hook, the hose. Like, that stupid bullshit all over again. And then they win, of course. Imagine the fucking Vaughn villains won this match. Oh, my God, Ima- I would... Imagine they just switched it. It was a like headbanger. Spirit Squad, Ascension, and Vaughn Villains are now teaming with the tag champions someday. Oh, my <laughs> God. I would have I died right there. I'd been like, yo, my God, they're, they're pushing these two. It's, it's beautiful. But nope, they, oh, my God. Aiden English isn't even trying anymore. He's just letting, he's just letting that beard grow and grow. 
Because he so doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm married to Eddie Guerrero's daughter. Like, I don't need this shit anymore. Oh my god, he doesn't. Give me my, give, give me my singing gimmick again. I'll sing for for no fucking reason again. Give me, give them back their giant ass bicycles and their funny hats and their funny mustaches. I loved them. I don't remember them ever having the big bicycles. Not, well, you know what I mean. Like, I think they rode around on one of those once in like their black and white promos, maybe. I remember. Uh, they did, like, I remember, I remember them stuff. fighting the bears. Remember them like fighting the bears. <laughs> they didn't last it. They had the- they, they had two midgets dress up as the Lucha Dragons, and they were about to blow up a building, and they stopped them. That was so good. Like, I, like those short mini movies that they used to do, like the little things. And I loved those. I loved those promos. They were so good. Yeah, but now when they just come out, you just see on their face, you're just like, "Can you please, please send us to NXT? Please, please send us back. I beg of you. We beg of you." I bet every match, after every match, they just go to Triple H and just like one one of them is on each of his legs, just like, "Please." Please don't send us back out there on SmackDown. Please send me back. Please. We want to go back into the warm womb of NXT where people will like us. Full sale will chant anybody. Papa H, send us the full sale again. Please, Papa H. Oh, God. Poor Villains, as always. Just hashtag Villains for NXT. Let's get that going. But we finally um, get to the big event. Meat and potatoes. The big guy, yeah, I always love saying that, the meat and potatoes of everything. And we because finally, during, during the whole night, you would just see glimpses of The Undertaker. He grabbed his hat. He was walking around backstage. It was just like, when is he coming? Is he, <laughs> gonna, is he even going to show up? You promote him for like a week and imagine the fucker doesn't show up. That would oh be fucked God. up. So, Hell, he, w- he was there for, again, he was there for the length of a fart. But no, it was like... It's, I wouldn't say that about The Undertaker because the fucking guy would probably find me and just kill me. <laughs> so. Pretty and when, fast. And, and, and when The Undertaker shows up, he just gets your attention. But before that, we had the cutting edge. He he was talking about, he once again, he brought up fantasy warfare. It's like, you're on SmackDown. Don't promote a Raw match. For the love of God. But um, he brought that up. He brought... Basically, he ran down the whole card, and then he brought out Team SmackDown, and he had interactions with Randy Orton. It was like, you and me used to be rated RKO. What the hell happened to you now? And Bray's like, the devil is inside him now. I was like, yeah, we know that, but what? what's the bigger point? You know, Bray, Rand, you, you know Randy's going to RKO your ass to Sunday, so what's the point? With 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 Bray Wyatt getting to the point is not one of Bray Wyatt's strong suits. No. I think we we know that by this point. But yeah, Undertaker comes out and says, "I'm back. I'm am di- I'm, I'm digging holes and taking names." That line. Oh my god. What was the line exactly? He said he was stomping holes and taking names. It was digging holes and taking names. I think it was like digging holes and taking souls. Digging holes and taking souls. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> Now it's the Undertaker. If this was anybody else, that line would not have worked. But since it's him, fuck yeah, it worked. Yeah, and and when he mentioned that if you guys, like he said to the effect of, if you guys don't win, something bad's gonna happen. What did you so, think of this segment, Jim? What did you like yeah. seeing the Undertaker again? I did. I thought it, it definitely helped the ratings. Definitely helped the, the show. Um, you know, we're having someone like of that caliber 
on the show, and I I I think they gave us a hint uh, of Undertaker to do something more than just the annual WrestleMania match. I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think he's gonna do so. Uh, I think he'll have a nice little program. I think for the Rumble, as you've mentioned, it's in Alamo Dome, it's in San Antonio, it's in his home state. So I think they're giving us hints that Undertaker doing something more than just WrestleMania this year. Do you see Undertaker like? Do you see him finally? This is his big hurrah. Like this is his exit tour. I yeah. Like, his big going away tour. Baseball, yeah. I I I think so. I I think this is his last one. Um, WrestleMania 33, um, and this is his last like stretch. I would think as a wrestler. Do you feel that he's more than? This is a redundant thing to say at this point. But do you think that Undertaker will be going into the Hall of Fame within the next two to three years? I I think so. Like totally it's not a matter. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Yeah, and it's not like baseball. You have to wait five years or the football. <laughs> He's gonna get in like right away. <laughs> Edge got in right away. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Edge had no, Edge had no choice. Yeah, that was. I think that was like his little nugget of like instant gratification for everything he'd been through. So like, yeah, yeah put you in the Hall of Fame. But also, like, uh, Jim, you said that this might be Undertaker's last WrestleMania. Who would you say would be his final opponent? If like you're looking at the roster, because apparently he's a, he's a SmackDown guy, so you have right. to pick somebody from SmackDown that he has to face with. There's only who, one who, guy who comes to mind right now. Cena. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, because that's the money match. That's the money match. That's the money match. Yep. Here yeah, comes play. the money. <laughs> can, you, can you guys just imagine this? If the Undertaker still had his streak, and you, and this year you had him face John fucking Cena. It is last match. Holy, Holy shit. shit. And you have seen a break it? Oh, my God. That. The fucking roof the would come The Citrus Bowl would be on fire. Oh, yeah. No, people would fucking burn the place to the ground with Molotov cocktails. <laughs> They'd riot. They would big riot. I've seen it. It would have been the one in the streak. <laughs> yeah. It's it's good thing you said John Cena because there's rumors that – um. John Cena is getting a 16 title at WrestleMania against AJ. You, know, you want to know what the big? But rumor I don't want to see that. I want to see him against Taker. Me the too. rumor is they're going to have. The rumor is they want Styles to drop the title to Taker and yeah. then have to Taker drop the title to Cena at WrestleMania. I am not even kidding. That's the rumor going around, and I'm like, that. That is so. What a waste of AJ Styles. I know. But you know. But you know what? If you. If you want to send the Undertaker off, at least give him that one more moment. It was like, oh, like he held the title for one more time. It's like, but then you have to lose to Cena. It's like it's not even worth it. No, they'd be doing the exact same thing they did with. It's the like Rock. you do one good thing like, and then you do a bad Rock. thing. <laughs> like Jim, they'd be doing the exact same thing they did with CM Punk and The Rock. Absolutely, it's like the same storyline. <laughs> it's just that you replace Rock with. With Taker. You replace exactly. CM Punk with AJ Styles. AJ Styles, exactly. <laughs> so, so overall, yeah. Jim, what did you think of SmackDown as a whole this week? Did you think it was, it was better than Raw? I thought it was better, better than Raw despite the weirdness in, in the booking and some of these matches. Like I said, SmackDown, to me, is a more entertaining show. It's, it's one less hour, so it's, I guess, five or six less segments to, to sit through. Um, I, think they have, I think they have a, a, a decent roster right now. Like I said... If you shake it up, shake it up a little bit with a couple of trades here and there. I think they'll do really well, especially if the cruiserweights go on SmackDown. They're in a great, great position. I think they're in a better position than Raw, to be honest. 
I agree. So tell you what, we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We've been going for a while now. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back with our Survivor Series predictions. We're going to wrap this up. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. The General Admission Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Duck the Clothesline Merchandise. Gear has been worn by Sasha Banks, Amazing Red, AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, and many more superstars. It's available at DuckTheClothesline.com. And Future Is Now Wrestling presents Give the People What They Want this Friday, November 18th at the Elks Lodge in Queens, New York. For more info on Future Is Now Wrestling, go on Facebook and FIN Wrestling on Twitter. Follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at the GAWP Show. And like our Facebook page, General Admission Wrestling Podcast. The General Admission Wrestling Podcast is available for free on iTunes, Google Play, and Podtastic. Get in the nitty gritty today. And we are back. Great commercial there, plugging all of our awesome social media sites. I never thought I'd be one of those guys that has to plug their Twitter all the time. We, well, we have to. Honestly, yeah. But yeah, follow our Twitter. Like we sort of we sort of bounce back and forth between who has control of it. Like if somebody's watching Lucha Underground or TNA or, or Raw, something will some, somebody on the show will take over the uh, Twitter for a little bit and comment on it for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, like we're all most of the me and Mike are going to be at uh, Future Is Now this Friday night. So come on down to the show, and we'll we, we we'd love to ch- meet people who listen to the show and talk to us about what you like and what you don't like about the show. We'd love to meet people who listen. Yeah, we, we we accept negative criticism. We do, modestly. Yeah, <laughs> a modest amount of criticism. Like I, I mean, we're perfect. We're the best wrestling podcast. Okay, we... don't go that far. <laughs> okay, don't go that far. Don't go that far. We're we're a wrestling. I, I bet podcast. Jim has the same bullshit that we deal with. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Right, Jim. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Our DJ is so happy. <laughs> is that just like how did that become your catchphrase? I want to ask. I don't know. Funny story. I was um I, I was I started in 2014, two years ago, so I just said that out the blue and then like two of my three two or three of my friends listened to like the first episode and pointed that out to me and then they said just keep saying it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I guess you know, that's my catchphrase. You know how Stone Cold has and that's the bottom line. I guess yeah. that's my catchphrase. So. Well, Jim, that's your catchphrase, and Ben's catchphrase is moving on. <laughs> I can't. I like to keep the show moving, and my. You know what your catchphrase is? Your catchphrase is, oh, God. That's your fucking catchphrase. You get t shirts each. <laughs> no, actually, I want to get a t shirt. Whole Milk Mike says, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Nitty gritty, Ben. Nitty gritty. You know what the best part about my catchphrase is? I just sound so depressed and defeated. Just like, kill me now, please. Kill, kill me now. No, you, so, you was just like, let's fucking go on. <laughs> no, like, but like we have our own little cast of characters on the show. We have Ginger, my balls. Hideo, 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 and Daddy. Redneck Joe. <laughs> no, and, like, the, and, the, and the unknown man known as Samuel. Samuel. What's the DJ's catchphrase? What is it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. He speaks. Murder! He speaks. It's murder! It's murder! 
No, you know what? His catchphrase should be the same one as there's a character on Rick and Morty called Crumbopulous Michael. He's an assassin. Of and what course, he's, his name is Michael. Yeah, no, and he, what he says is, like, oh boy, here I go killing again. <laughs> that should be his fucking, that should be DJ's catchphrase. But, like, no, but, like, I said on the last show, in the opening rounds of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, Hideo Hidati was hidinjured again on Hideo 1. Well, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> oh, my God. That Survivor is... Series, live this Sunday. Also, wait, you want to do takeover predictions as well, would you? We did those last week, but tell you what, Jim, before we get to the card for Survivor Series, we're going to give you the NXT Toronto card. I'm just going to list them off real quick and you just give yeah. us their predictions. Yeah. So we have the, I'm going to go from top to bottom, we have the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Well, who do you think is, and with Paul Ellering suspended above the ring in a cage, <laughs> well, who, first off, what do you think of that, of that stipulation, Paul Ellering being in a cage? Uh, treasure kind of reminded like Paul Bear, like in like in the nineties, being suspended in the cage. It's it's stupid, but I mean, I, I get it, I get it. So, so who do you think is going to take it? It's going to be the authors of pain, Occam and Razor. Those are their actual names. Wow, Occam and Razor, the authors of pain, or is it going to be TM sixty one, Nick Miller, and Shane Thorne? Who's going to take it? Ooh, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. I really don't care. <laughs> I don't care, I, but if I had to pick, I'd probably, I probably would pick the, the heels, the other pain. Yeah. I'll come and raise off. I'll come and So in a match, I'm sure we'll probably be better than that. The Revival, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder defend their NXT Tag Team Championships against Team DIY, Gargano and Champa. Who you got and why? Oh, man. I, you know, I in was a two out of, in, a two out of, in, a, in a two out of three falls match. I was there in Brooklyn for, um, you know, for that match uh, in NXT. You Brooklyn, lucky bastards. DIY. Oh, it was so good. It was awesome, man. I was shocked that uh, they that they retained the championship, uh, but I think this time they take it. Um, you know, uh, Johnny Gargano and Ciampa. I really uh, think, they, they, yeah, I, agree. I think they take if, the belts. If they don't win, if they lose again, do you think Ciampa finally turns heel on Gargano? I know they kind of teased that uh, in Brooklyn a little bit and wound up just like patting him on the back, whatever. But I, yeah, I I I, I could see that if they don't win the belts, I could see. Ciampa finally turning on Gargano and, and having a feud in NXT. Because their match during the Cruiserweight Classic was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Awesome. And I thought he was going to turn on them there, but no, they, he just patted him on the back. Well, they, if they finally pay that off, they've built it up properly. Oh, yeah. It's been yeah. perfect buildup. But next we have another non-title singles match. It's going to be Bobby Roode, glorious, going one-on-one with the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. Who have you got and why? I think I got... Bobby Roode, I think they, you know, he's he's the star coming from TNA. He, he's everyone loves the theme, glorious. Um, I, I you were there in Brooklyn. Everybody was singing the hell out of that song. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they love that guy, and they're singing the hell of that song. And last night too, I didn't go last night to the house show, but I saw videos of people that were there, and they were they had a glorious time there as well. So <laughs> no pun intended. Exactly. Pun, pun totally intended. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, it was. It was. So you got rude. The next match is going to be the NXT Women's Championship match. is going to be Asuka defending her title against Mickey James. Big surprise to see Mickey James back. First off, what do you think about that, and who have you gotten why? I like it. I like, uh, you know, they had to outsource from somewhere because they, because of the brand split, 
they depleted the rosters with women. They yeah. you know, had to call them to Raw or call them to SmackDown. So they had to outsource and, and have some a veteran presence, and I think it's a good move on their part. But I, I don't see uh, Asuka dropping the belt to Mickey James. I mean, I'd be shocked. I'd be totally surprised if Mickey James uh, wins the championship on on Saturday. I think Asuka uh, retains, and I think should move on. To him, dude. All right, so final match on the show. This is the match I'm really looking forward to because they've been building this up perfectly. It's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura defending his NXT championship against Samoa Joe. These two are ready to beat the shit out of each other. I am pumped. Who have you got and why? Ooh, good one, good one. I think Nakamura retains. The question is, once Samoa Joe, you know, if he loses again, like, does he get the call-up finally? I think it's... I think he's way past due. I think he should have been on either show by now. Yeah. So he's that's, that's, long overstayed his welcome in NXT. Well, not his yeah. welcome. He's still welcome, but he's long he's still, overstayed as his use in NXT. Yeah, and he's not getting he, younger. Oh, <laughs> no. He is not. It's amazing to me. I'll go back and watch uh, like a match from like maybe 2008 of Samoa Joe. He looks like a totally different dude. Yeah. 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 I, see, I could see Nakamura retaining, and the question is, if he do, does lose, like I said, I, I, I could def, definitely see him being called up, but I, I hope it's the case. I hope I'm right. So. so you're looking forward to NXT Toronto? I am. I am. I am. I, I, the shows tend to be a lot better than the main roster shows sometimes, I guess, because it's more yeah. wrestling and less vignettes. I guess that's, I guess that's what I like about um, the, the TakeOver specials. Yeah, and the TakeOvers tend to be better than the weekly NXT shows. As, as oh, well. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So we're moving on to Survivor Series. Mike and me are going to jump in on this one, too. So we're going to go from top to bottom. Uh, first off, um, Miz versus Sami Zayn. If Zayn wins, title will go to Raw. <coughs> who I have personally, I'm going with the Miz. I mean, no, I'm going with Sami Zayn. Who do you guys think? I'll go first. I think uh, Zayn will, will, de- will defeat the Miz and, and, and win the Intercontinental Championship. Who, who you got, Mike? I got the Miz because they just put the title on him, and if he didn't, if Miz didn't win the title on Tuesday, I was gonna say Zayn over Ziggler, but now that they just changed the title, it, and, the, and the, obviously gonna keep this feud going with Miz and Ziggler, and I see Ziggler helping Miz help it, uh, Ziggler's gonna help Miz retain his title. That way, the title stays on SmackDown, and Ziggler can get it back. All right. So that seems like actually a pretty good prediction, honestly. But like, I'm sticking with Zayn just because I think they're gonna they want to shake things up and send the title to Raw. But I don't know why they added that stipulation if they weren't gonna follow through on it. But yeah, we'll certainly have to see. But speaking of titles and divisions changing, we have the Brian Kendrick defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Kalisto. If Kalisto wins, the title in the Cruiserweight division will transfer to SmackDown. Who have you got and why? I've got, personally, I'm going with Callisto on this one. Who have you guys got? I have Callisto as well. I think, with the, especially with the 205 show on Tuesdays being taped before or after SmackDown, whatever the case may be, it makes sense for them to just, you know, to, to do, from a business standpoint, it's just so mm-hmm. much easier just to have, have them on SmackDown and then have them on the 205 special as well. Weekly. So yeah, I agree. Who you got, Mike? I have to go with Kendrick on this. They just put the title on him, and as much as I would love the Cruiserweights to be on SmackDown, because that's where they could thrive more, it's just that Kendrick isn't the person that Kalisto should be beating. If it was TJ Perkins, oh, definitely. Oh, fuck, yeah. Fucking beat him. I don't give a shit. But <laughs> since, it's, since it's Kendrick, and you just gave the title to him two weeks ago, I don't think it's... It's, it's too early to take the title off him. 
Yeah, but like, we're moving on to the big 10, of the clusterfuck matches, I like to call it. The 10 on 10 Survivor Series Tag Team Elimination Match. It's not even 10 on 10, it's just, just insanity after insanity after insanity. Insanity's not even in this match. <laughs> yeah! Okay, so... Fuck! Fuck. So, shit, there are a lot of names here, so I'm gonna list them slowly. Team Raw, New Day, Sheamus and Cesaro, Bullet Club... Uh, see. Oh, Enzo stop and- it, they're not even Bullet Club anymore. Oh, uh, no, okay, look, no, Gallows and Anderson, the fuckboys. They call them fuckboys. Enzo Amore and Big Cass and the Shining Stars. Why the fuck are you here? Versus Team SmackDown, Slater and Rhino, Hype Bros, go fuck yourself, Mojo Raleigh, American Alpha, The Usos, and Brizongo. That was a mouthful. Who you got and why? I'm going with Team SmackDown. I'm, yeah, I'm going with Team SmackDown as well. Yeah, I'll go with Team SmackDown because I see Gallows and Anderson being traitors to Team Raw, and they're going to jump ship to SmackDown. Uh, yeah, that make that honestly makes sense because God, the Bullet Club need it. It's yeah, and, and why would Gallows and Anderson be helping Enzo and Cass in the New Day? Yeah, it that makes, makes no, no sense. sense. Makes no sense. So moving on to thank God less names here to read. So the five <laughs> five Survivor Series elimination match for the women's division. We have Team Raw, Charlotte Flair, Bailey, Nia Jax, Alicia Fox, and Sasha Banks versus Team SmackDown with Nikki Bella. Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Naomi. Who have you gotten why I'm going with Team Raw? Team Raw. I'm going with Team Raw as well. I think this I don't I don't I don't see Carmella surviving or Nikki Bella surviving or, or Becky Lynch surviving. I I just see Team Raw surviving. Yeah. Alright. So clean sweep of predictions across the board. We think Team Raw is going to win. Which is a shame because I like the SmackDown women's division a lot more. Yeah, but on Raw's side there's there's so much better talent. All right, we're getting near the end here, and we're going. It's the five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match for the too many fucking Survivor Series matches. Jesus, too many Survivor Series matches. <laughs> Last one, I promise. Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, Roman Wayne, Reigns, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Roman Wayne's. Roman Wayne's. He's waning in popularity. Get it? Roman Wayne's is the United States Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> Slip of the tongue, my apologies. But yes, Team Raw, Owens, Jericho, Reigns, Strowman, and Seth Rollins versus Team SmackDown, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Shane fucking McMahon. Who you got in the <laughs> You sounded not happy at all. Oh, and by the way, with James Ellsworth as the mascot. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, before, Surprise, we, before we say our predictions for this match, what do you think of the news of James Ellsworth getting a full WWE contract? <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe it, but uh, I can see why. <laughs> he has appeal. Exactly, exactly. He has a, somewhat of an appeal. So, I guess he does. But in terms of this match, who have you got and why? I'm gonna go with Team SmackDown. Now, with with SmackDown, um, I know we didn't talk who survives or whatever. Who do you think is the survivors? You think? And who I think is going to be Survivor? I think it's going to be AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose, and then Dean Ambrose kicks AJ Styles and hits him with the dirty deeds. And that'll set up the, the TLC match, I guess, right in a couple of weeks. Yep. I I, I agree with you. I, I'll go I'll, I'll go with the same outcome. I think SmackDown. I guess they want to put him over as a show, trying to make him like a one A one B instead of A and B. 
Um, yeah, and I, and I agree with you there as well. AJ and Dean survive, and at the end, he'll give them a dirty D's, and that'll set up the, the match for TLC. And Mike, who have you got? I'm going to go... First off, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to predict every elimination that happens in this match. First one, Randy Orton's going to RKO Bray Wyatt in the fucking ground, and Braun Strowman is going to get that elimination. So Wyatt's out. Okay. And then, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do with Randy. He gets Superman punched or whatever the hell. But when it comes, I'm, these are the final four. Roman and Kevin Owens, AJ and Dean. Oh, yeah. And, and, oh. and what I'm thinking is we're going to have Roman and Owens win because James Ellsworth costs AJ and Dean the match. Oh. Like, James Ellsworth tries to help, and he, he just fucks it up. Yep. Oh my god, that actually they would do that, wouldn't they? And, they would. It's a WWE thing. <laughs> and that way you build Roman Reigns to face Kevin Owens at the next Raw show, at the next Raw pay per view. Right. Cock block. Yeah, cock block. Cock block, because fuck that pay per view. Yeah. <laughs> what? But there hasn't been a. But come on, there's such a long and eventful history to the roadblock pay per view. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! That piece of shit show! Oh my lord! Come on, don't you remember uh, Triple H? Dean Ambrose is gonna beat be Triple H for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, fuck you. Enzo Cash is gonna be a NXT champion. No, fuck you. Chris Jericho just made fun of Bret Hart because he has cancer. What? what? Wait, what? What? <laughs> yeah. All that you never got to see. Lesnar Wyatt. Oh God, that, it was a two-on-one handicap match cool. where Ray Wyatt didn't even wrestle. Exactly. Oh my God, but okay. I got I got Team Raw. So Team Raw wins the interpromotional matches on my side. You guys have SmackDown winning. Yep. We'll certainly have to see what happens. And finally. Fantasy oh warfare. Fantasy <laughs> warfare. No, no, no. It's not fantasy, fantasy warfare. It's fantasy bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy bullshit comes to life with fantasy Brock bullshit too. Fantasy... <laughs> Bork Lesnar goes one on one with G Oldberg in a one on one who gives a fuck match. Which I hope this match is good. I hope it's good. But if I had to pick somebody, don't hope. To... Don't hope. <laughs> don't hope for nothing the promos have been good but there's no hoping for this oh god I <laughs> there's no, one guaranteed not... prediction though one guaranteed prediction that this match will be much better than Wrestlemania 20 I think Dude, the shit I hope I, so the shit I took this morning was better and faster paced than that match <laughs> oh my god I picked, I picked Brock Lesnar because why would they build him up this long to lose to a 50 something year old man Brock Lesnar fuck you <laughs> Jim agreed. agreed Brock Lesnar avenges his loss from WrestleMania 20 if you want to like talk kayfabe and uh, yeah I, I don't think gonna, I don't think he's going to lose to a 50 year old guy in Goldberg I think if he's going to lose it'll be to like an up and coming guy or, or someone else yeah. but it won't be Bill Goldberg I got Brock Lesnar as well because Goldberg has pretty much said that this is going to be... He came back for one more match, and it's this one. But the better question is, how many suplexes does it take for Goldberg to get into Suplex City? How many suplexes is this man going to take? Over under. Over under. Five? Over under five? Or over under? What do you think? 
I got over 10. And wow. Goldberg, Brock Lesnar is going to kill a 50-year-old man in Canada. Um, someone is going to die. Jesus. And I pray to God, do not do a Montreal screwdriver for this. Do not. Don't even attempt it. If I see Brock Lesnar put on a sharpshooter, I will fucking turn the show off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They would be that every way. day. DJ, predict, DJ predicts a draw. Fuck oh, you. God. Fuck you, DJ. I feel like they're going to do that. And they're going to be like, oh, Fantasy Warfare 3 and WrestleMania. The rubber match or whatever. The match that everybody wanted to see. <laughs> Nobody wanted this. Oh my god! But, I'm gonna, yeah, how many suplexes? I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the ten. I don't know. I'm gonna why. go with ten. I'm just gonna go with like ten or eleven, a ten or eleven suplexes. Yeah. <laughs> and do you think Brock Goldberg is gonna get him up for the jackhammer? Oh god! If you, oh probably no, they're gonna tease it. Then it's not gonna happen. And then like whatever. I I, I don't care about this match. Okay, so you, we, you, we, it's I obvious. Do. I, I expect a couple of false endings. Come on, at least who hit the jackhammer? He'll kick out. What do you think? He'll kick yeah. out. Yeah, they'll get they'll get you like anticipate like oh, okay, this is it, and then kick out. It's just like okay, he hits the spear. It might be over, and then it's like, like no kick out. But mm. we all think we all want Brock Lesnar to win this match, but Brock Lesnar hasn't won hasn't lost a singles match since Triple H and WrestleMania twenty nine, the bad one. Who do you, who would you like to be the person? Who would you on the main roster? Who deserves to be the first person to beat Brock Lesnar since ending the streak? Don't our DJ says James Ellsworth. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You'd eat him and shit him out. That's what would happen. James Ellsworth would be taking thirty suplexes into Suplex City, <laughs> like a boss. But I, I had to pick. Don't in that time, in that time, you could get a chin. <laughs> yeah, don't get mad at me, but the guy who's always been meant to beat Brock Lesnar, it's gotta be Roman Reigns. Yeah, it has. Yeah, he's the <laughs> no, it only the same way that John Cena was always the guy who was meant to beat the Undertaker. It's gotta be Roman Reigns who beats Brock. We never got to see a conclusive finish to their match at WrestleMania. If Seth hadn't cashed in what would have happened we, we don't we don't know jim who do you think if you had to book somebody on the raw roster to face lesnar at mania roman reigns is a good pick uh you know my two picks i think um that are, that are somewhat believable would be kevin owens or samoa joe i would pick one of those two guys i like that samoa joe idea because jim ross actually wrote a blog and he he wants Joe to be the one to beat Lesnar, but I'm going to go out there. On, I'm going to take go on a whim on this one. Braun Strowman. Really? You wow. Wanna, you want to build him up as a monster? Have him beat the biggest monster, the second, the first big monster that you have. Now, the match is going to suck. The match will suck. But right. if you want to build up Braun, that's how you do it. That would be awesome, actually. I would. I would like to see that. What is, no, what is, I, what is screaming in the opening of his entrance? I think he just screams. That's what he says. Bet, bet, he's saying his name. Braun. Yes, Braun. We know that's your name. Sweetie. <laughs> Thank you, Braun. You get a gold star. 
Jesus Christ. So, so I say Braun, Jim says Samoa Joe, and you say Roman. Not bad picks. Not bad picks. I guarantee you, I, I'm, I'm going to be the one that's right. <laughs> Watch it, Sami Zayn. Be like, what the fuck? One Huluva kick, and it's over. It's going to be gender my balls. <laughs> Shining stars. Oh, God. But... We're getting near the end of the show, but before we end things, we're going we're gonna to cover one more news story, but before we end things, Mike, I believe you have a promise you need to live up to. What are you talking about? You said to me a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, oh, no. that once we got to episode 10, you would reveal to the nice people listening at home the secret of the stairs match joke. And now that we're here, ladies and gentlemen, this is Whole Milk Mike explaining the stairs match joke. If you don't know what this is, this is an inside joke. Between me and Ben. This is an inside joke between me and Mike that we started when we, over the summer, me and Mike hung out once and we went and caught Pokemon in Central Park. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, no, the picture of two grown-ass men catching Pokemon. Like everybody else was. Catching Pokemon like a boss, and we were doing that awesome, like everybody else was that day. Park was fucking get over here. Get that fucking Pikachu over here. But regardless, we, we were catching Pokemon. We were shooting the shit about wrestling, obviously, and like we were we, talking about all the shitty times in TNA. And then we brought up the stairs, the, match. the stairs match that the Big Show and Eric Rowan had at 2014. Tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs, and stairs, which is important to mention. And I asked, and I asked Mike a very simple question. I said, "Michael, how does one actually win a stairs match?" To which Michael and, 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 my, and, and my response was, "Well, Mr. Benjamin, you get a, you get a, you get the metal stairs. Uh-huh. You you proceed to climb up them. Uh-huh. But make sure you have a handgun in, on you at all times. <laughs> handgun needed with bullets." <laughs> Put that son of a bitch in your mouth. Make sure pull that the, fucker's pull, loaded. Pull the damn trigger. And the ref rings the bell and you win. He says this. And I am laughing my ass off in the middle of Central Park. And then people proceed to look at us like, what the fuck just happened? Is he having a heart attack? Is he having a seizure? Smoke what the hell happened? every day. People thought we were stoned. How do you win a stairs match? Put the gun in your mouth, make sure that fucker's loaded, and you blow your brains out. That's how you win a goddamn stairs match. So now, the GAWP audience, you know the secret of the stairs match. If you leave, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Ten episodes, we've had a good run, but now I don't have to look on the bright side. I don't have to bug you about it anymore. Thank God. And if you and if you leave our show, go check out Choco, Choked Out Radio with Jim Russell over here. Yep. But before we talk end, about a lot to talk about. Yep. Before we end, no stand matches over there. One bit, two little bits of news before we wrap up. We're talking about a lot of stuff tonight, so why stop now? Let's just add two more bits of news. One sadly negative, and one very interesting. Um, ACH is apparently done with Ring of Honor soon. Yeah. Who cares? In my opinion. I, surprise, motherfucker. I care. I think ACH I would be a great asset to WWE. I love ACH. Who says he might go to WWE? He might go to Japan. Isn't he already there? Not really. He he was there because ROH had the agreement with New Japan. Oh. 
But like Jim, what, where do you see ACH going? Definitely to the NXT, I think. You know, DJ says Hog. Maybe you can stop in Hog. Maybe you can stop over he, at House of Glory. He, he, might, he might make a stop there. He might make a stop at FIN, maybe Tier 1. Like, you don't know. Now, fuck those guys. <laughs> maybe BCW, too. He could go over there. <laughs> nah, BCW's fine. Our Dude. DJ, our DJ is mixing personal physics. No, 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 no. We'll be talking about BCW at some point again on this show because, like, I think they're come, they're they're coming back. They're having a December, uh, pay, pay, a December show coming up, and I love the ads for the show. They look like a throwback to old ECW Christmas. I ads. swear to God, if you say December to this member, I'm hanging up. No, it, it looks like some. No, it just reminds me of like how old school and kind of cool looking like their post and how like knit and gritty their. It's like their their show is gonna be called Christmas with a Vengeance, which I actually think is a pretty cool name. I like it. It's gonna be at the Elks Lodge. We'll, we'll talk about that. Trust me, as soon as Future is now is is is, is John, we'll be talking about BCW a little bit more. But yeah, on that. But we're gonna end on a little bit of sad news. Unfortunately, this is not something. Wah, that- wah, wah. The wrestling news, the wrestling uh, world has been reeling this week. The news that hold on, wait, let, wait, let, let our DJ play the sound effect. Oh, dude, don't! He, do he that. just stops halfway, like you fucking asshole. Jesus Christ, you don't even have the dignity to give us the full sound effect. But like I said, like we're not trying. We're trying to put a little levity into this, but it's yeah. it's honestly a pretty fucked up situation. If you didn't know. The let WCW and WWF legend Vader has recently announced that he just got a report from his doctor that he is having heart problems and will probably not live to see two years, which is sad. It's, and it's what happens when you play a lot of like a high impact sports like wrestling and I believe football. I think believe he's a football player. I believe. Yes. And I bo- that's very sad news for for a man who was such a competitive and hot and such a great big man wrestler, a great inf- one of the best big men in the business. One of the best big men ever. I spoke to T.J. Marconi a few mo- a month or so ago, and he said one of his key influence was Vader, and I can see why. A lot yeah. of big impact moves, despite the fact we, we if we made fun, we apologize, but our heart goes out to Vader, despite anything he might have said online or anything like that. We still respect the hell out of you, man, and I hope yeah. we hope and pray our thoughts and prayers are with you that things may work out. We hope that you may get the help that you deserve. But yeah, Vader, G- from from the GAWP to you, we wish you the very best. Yeah, and Jim, since you're the older one out of me and Ben, do you have any memories of Vader that like you absolutely sure? his his Take some it. of his best matches was against Sting. Um, don't remember exactly, you know, when in the '90s, but he had some. Awesome, awesome matches against uh, against Sting, and of course um, Ron Simmons, and of course um, Cactus Jack. That's you know he lo- that's how he lost his ear. But Vader's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah. And so, then he went and then he went to the WWF. Yeah. He had a match with Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, and I felt he should have won that match, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and if you if you watch that match, there is a spot that is so famous it's ridiculous. Sean's about to hit the elbow drop. Vader yeah. apparently wasn't in a position for. So Sean just gets off. Proceeds to stop a living shit into Vader. And goes, move, you fat fuck. 
Oh my god! But yes, that well, I'll probably go watch some. If anything, like, do you guys think that Vader will be getting into the Hall of Fame soon? Oh, yeah. I think so. Then they're gonna rush his. Um, then they're gonna wait five years, like in baseball. I think he'll get in next year. I think he's gonna get in. He's gonna get in the, around rest, this WrestleMania. I guarantee it. Yeah. If if he goes in, Stig has to induct him. Totally. Yeah. Either Stig yeah. or uh, who else did Vader, Vader feud with? Oh, he Probably feuded. I believe. Flair, Flair, maybe. Hang on. He definitely had like again. We're not doing Vader enough justice again. Psycho I, Sid. I'm listen. I'm 19. How Mike's like what? 21. Yep. 21. 21. And like Jim, you know him better than any of us. And like we we're not we're not like experts enough to do Vader enough justice. You just got to go watch his stuff. But like he was one of the great big mans. Like he's fought. He fought Stan Hansen. Yeah. He fought the Steiner brothers. He's fought in Japan. He's yeah. fought. He's fought in WCW, New Japan. He's fought in WWF. Sting. He had great feuds with um, Undertaker and the WWE. Yeah. He's fought Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He um. He, he's he's done a lot for, in the wrestling business. And our thoughts or prayers are with him, as as sad as it may be. And I just and I just thought of somebody else, Holly Race. Could have done because he was his manager. Yep. So again, as always, our thoughts or prayers are with you, Vader. Wish you the very best. And on that somber note, I think it's time to start wrapping things up. So big thanks to our guest. Thank you so much, Jim, for being on the show. Anytime. I had a, I had a great time. I had a great time. Like This was our longest episode ever, clocking in close to three hours, but it was worth it, man. You gave us so much good stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much. Anytime. Jim, Jim, do your thing. Plug your shit. Plug Anytime. your shit. If you guys want to listen to you know wrestling news and MMA news, you know, please follow me on um, uh, Instagram and Twitter at choke.radio. Also, um, you know, like my Facebook page and also subscribe to my show on iTunes and or Podomatic. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Again, that is Choked Out Radio, C-H-O-C-K-E-D, Choked Out Radio, like the MMA submission. Uh, you can find that on iTunes and Facebook, Choked Out Radio with Jim Russell. Thank you once again for being on the show. And come back anytime, man. Please, we would love to have you back. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. Because we, we me, me and Ben can't talk about mixed martial arts like you do. <laughs> you know, we, we needed an expert and we called you in. So once again, thank you everybody out there for listening. Again, Mike Mike dropped a very awesome commercial earlier, but one more time just for the sake of ending the show. You can follow the General Admission Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at the GAWP Podcast and the same tag for, for Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook at the General Admission Podcast. You can get the latest updates on episodes. And you can submit you can submit <coughs> questions for Q and A's like we did with Jim tonight. And if you go to the General Admission Wrestling Podcast Facebook page, as soon as this episode drops, you can submit questions for I am going to attempt to get it. He agreed to it. I am going to be getting an interview this Friday night at Future Is Now Wrestling with the House of Glory Crown Jewel Champion Ken Broadway. If it so don't make dollars, dollars then it don't make, make sense. sense. So yes, if you want to ask Ken a question, like drop it at the. I'm going to post a link later on tonight. So probably it'll be the morning by the time this episode is posted. But regardless, I will post a link on the Facebook page. You can submit a question to Ken Broadway, and I'm sure he'd be happy to answer it. I'm trying my best to get this interview. So once again, Ken Broadway interview. I'm looking forward to that. 
we, me and Mike, and hopefully Jim, he doesn't know yet, but God willing, I hope to see him there tomorrow night. Yeah. And the whole general admission wrestling podcast crew is going to be at the Elks Lodge on November the 18th, which is tomorrow. We'll, well, probably today by the time you listen to this episode. Tonight at the Elks Lodge for Future Is Now Wrestling presented by ICW. Let's get drunk! You, you, Lord, you know who's going to get drunk? The Boulevard Bullies. Oh, like a mouse. Oh, Jesus. Those guys. Jesus. I'm sure when they're sober, they're nice. But when those, are, those dudes are drunk, they are impossible, man. Oh, my God. Like, but seriously, again, we're going to be at Future Is Now Wrestling tomorrow. You can follow Future Is Now Wrestling at the Future Is Now Wrestling Facebook page. You can read the full card for the show, but it is going to be Rude Boy Riley versus Ma- Maxwell Jacob Feinstein. No, that's going to be good. And... Uh, Anthony Gangone going one-on-one with Bull James, formerly known as Bull Dempsey. Sonny Kiss going one-on-one with Darius Carter, who savagely roasted me on Twitter. And eventually Ben will make a run-in. I am not going to run in on Darius Carter. He would murder me. <laughs> and then uh, course, What if I know, gave you $100? Would you do it? We'll talk after the show. Point being... We have, and once again, it's going to be Ken Broadway going. Ken Broadway, who I'm going to be interviewing, hopefully, going one-on-one with the bulldozer, Matt Tremont, which that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and and be the thank friend. you, Matt Tremont, for giving us a drop as well. Once again, thank you, Matt Tremont, for the drop. It's going to be another person tonight, the man who kicked off the show, to bring it all full circle. It, the man who gave us the drop tonight was Mo- the Super Monte, who is going to be teaming up with his tag team partner, Caveman. The Super Savages will be going one-on-one with the friends, two-on-two, with the friends of Tom in a tag team match. So many more amazing matches than that. Come on down for an alternative, new, fresh wrestling organization here in New York. Future is now wrestling. The Elks Lodge, it is going to be amazing. 20 bucks at the door. Come on down, buy some merch, watch some matches, drink a little beer, have some snacks. It's going to be a good, grand old time. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. Episode 10, we made it, baby. Nowhere to go but up. We're in the double digits, baby. So once again, thank you to our guests. Thank you to our guest, Jim Russell. Thanks again, man. Anytime. Anytime, And and thank you guys for listening. Again, follow us on all that good old social media. See us tomorrow. uh, See us tonight at uh, Futures Now Wrestling. And once again, I am Avenging Ben. And this is Hall Milk Mike. And this has been the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. We get to the nitty-gritty, we cut all the bullshit, and you can join the madness. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Everyone on the roster, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. Squad. 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 Cash flow. RNC. Cash flow. RNC. Cash flow. RNC. Cash Dollars, then it don't make sense. I'm a big deal.
deal. You other dudes a small time. I'm about my racks, I'm about my stacks, yes, I'm about mine. You suckers ain't getting none. You suckers just better run. See my money wait a time. My team already won. Get about my weight and I'm delay. See, we don't play, we scared it straight. Cause you know we stay that paper chase. Boxing ring. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 <laughs>